Thank you. This meeting is being recorded. I love that intro. Uh, anyway, there will be bourbon tonight with Teresa Davis. Um, I'm going to tell you a lot about this young lady, but before we do that, I will be imbibing with the Elijah Craig Toasted Barrel. I thought I did this on, a, on, a, on an episode once, and I, apparently I didn't. So, And even if I did, whatever. It's been a year of these things. I'm just going to bring them back at this point. But Elijah Craig Toasted Barrel, if you haven't had it. So Elijah Craig, once upon a time, was always 12 years age stated. Uh, then there was this bourbon boom. I don't know if you in America have heard about it yet. Uh, so anyway, supply dwindles. What they do is uh, they remove age statements and start mixing some of the younger stuff to try and get the same flavor profile. But anyway, this, the Toasted Barrel, was one of the more recent releases to come out of the Heaven Hill Distillery with the Elijah Craig line. And it is absolutely delicious. So they take the regular Elijah Craig and then they finish it in a brand new new oak charred container, right? Uh, especially toasted and f I think it's flash toasted or whatever, charred and then flash toasted to finish it and kind of add a little, uh, little more depth to the flavor. It's 100% different than a regular Elijah Craig. It's still 94 proof, um, but it's amazing. So go and find it. It's very marshmallowy and chocolatey for me in terms of my flavor notes. But anyway, um, well now, now that we got that out of the way, uh, Teresa, are you, are you gonna partake at the virtual bar or are you going uh, water only tonight? I uh, already started partaking earlier at lunch. I had a margarita, <laughs> so I came prepared. Bad, bad experience with margaritas. What else? What do you got? I know we talked a lot about champagne, so I had I brought both. So I brought champagne, and then I brought rum and diet coke. Rum and diet Pepsi would have been better, but you know I'll, I'll forgive. Ah. <laughs> I'm from Atlanta. Are you okay? Well, that makes sense. Okay, um, uh, if you are watching the, the the YouTube version of this. Uh, most of you listen on that podcast thing, whatever. Um, but if you'll notice, I'm playing a little hurt tonight. I don't sit out games. I play through injury, right? So I did not get punched. This is actually from, I did an hour on the Stairmaster yesterday and I wore the wrong shirt and forgot a towel. So I kept like wiping my eye like this oh. with the sweat. And so this is what you get. All right. This is 40. This is how it rolls. Teresa. I know you're not that old yet, but wait till you get here. This is the, these are the type of injuries you will sustain. I didn't get anything cool. I never get cool injuries. I always get something stupid. And that's just another example. Like, oh, what's wrong with your eye? Well, what? Yeah. So wow. avoid the Stairmaster. You know, it's only for sweating purposes. It's, it's hot boy summer. I don't know if you know that. So we're, we're, we're it's cutting season. Uh, <laughs> so that's why we're in there. Uh, well, before I, I introduce and tell everybody about you, how are you? Are you doing good? Are you okay? I'm good. I'm good. All right. Living life. Living life. All right. So, Teresa, if you guys do not know, check this bio out, right? Not that impressive, but I mean, she's employed, so that's good. Uh, so, <laughs> she is currently the head of communications for Wentworth Management Services, uh, in the past, she has served as the White House Senior Communications Advisor for Operation Warp Speed. I think that's doing pretty well, huh? At this point, yeah. They they, they don't call it warp speed anymore for some reason. Oh, I, don't know. Oh, I wonder why. That's convenient. Huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, she worked on the White House Coronavirus Task Force, previous administration. Um, helped oversee the federal government's public-facing strategy for the historic rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine all across the fine United States of America, uh, working with the private sector, scientific community, and the United States military. Before that, check this out, Pentagon Deputy Press Secretary. And uh, yeah, 
a lot, just, just a whole lot of uh, success. So I'm glad she's taking the time to slum it up with us for the night. Um, <laughs> so I, yeah, I mean, yeah. Where else would you want to be on a Friday night? Uh, it's still a little young for you. I don't know what goes on after this. Um, so I guess the obvious question here is, cause this stuff fascinates me. Like I, I, I was political science major and, and I always thought I was going to go on and, and do other stuff with my masters, but I, I went a totally different direction. Um, so how did you, what was the path that led you into the, 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 the press secretary role? Number one, I guess, is that something you always wanted to do? Yeah, I think so. I had, I went to school for broadcast journalism. So I tried that first and then it, yeah. And then I switched. Yeah. <laughs> So this is interesting because to think about the media today and how crazy it is, I went to school for broadcast journalism, like I think right before journalism became the crazy, you know, biased country that it is now. Um, And then I interned at the BBC in Washington, D.C. And it was great. I mean, really great experience. But that's where I learned. I was like, well, if I'm going to be a journalist, I have to spend my day chasing people, basically. And how annoying is that? Like, I don't want to make people's lives miserable. I want to make them better. And so for me, I was like, well, I'm going to work on the Hill because I know I can make an impact there. Mm-hmm. And so I worked for a congressman there, was his communications director, and then um, got the opportunity to join the Trump administration back in 2018 and did a whole bunch of different things, worked at State Department, worked at Commerce, Wilbur Ross, got some cool stories there. Um, and then- Bill him. let's go. <laughs> we could get some really interesting stories there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the Pentagon uh, young lady, Melissa Farah, who's a White House uh, communications director, needed some help at the Pentagon. She was the Pentagon press secretary, asked me to join literally right at the start of the pandemic. Okay. And so, um, kind of was a weird situation because the Pentagon was one of the few places, you know, within the United States that was still going in person in larger numbers. Granted, the hallways looked pretty empty, but there were still about 1,500 to 2,000 people going in person to the Pentagon. So that was interesting. And then the White House called, said help with Operation Warp Speed. And that's how I got to, to be doing the comm stuff. Well, there you go. That's Teresa Davis. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's pretty crazy. So, okay, let me go back because you said before – uh, the media kind of went off into whatever it is today. What what year did you get in? Because I, I feel like I can tie it back even probably sooner than what year you're going to say. What year would you say is when it all kind of went to this world of just, it's entertainment journalism at this point, I think. Right, right. It's all like theater. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess when Twitter really took off, that was when like the journalism landscape changed because as a journalist, you have to keep up 24 seven, right? Yeah. And so Twitter is what was driving most journalists. And I think, I I remember one day I was working on a project and I was doing this one in 2013 and there were several Mm -hmm. school shootings happening, not to bring down the tone, but several school shootings were happening. My one job was to like pinpoint where they're happening and find people talking about it on Mm -hmm. social media. And I was like, this is so depressing. Like, I don't want to find videos of people like hiding in corners and, you know, there's a gunman around, but it it was just sad. It was really sad. And so for me, I was like, this isn't going to be the life I want to live, I guess. Yeah, well, I, I, can, I can see that because, I mean, I've been on Twitter. Or I started, what, 2009, I think, was my first account on there. And uh, yeah, it's definitely because um, I remember, like, so when Twitter came out, 
uh, I remember they, they first put out like, hey, this is Twitter. And there's like a promo video on trying to teach people what it was supposed to be like. And I just remember, I just remember thinking like, wow, that looks really, really cool. And I showed it to my girlfriend at the time. And she's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I was like, well, well I'm going to do it. So, all right. But anyway, but <laughs> it's, so, it's totally, it's not what it once was. Now, maybe it's what it ultimately was intended to be. I don't know. But it's definitely gone to the point where, like, look, I, I've met some of the greatest people in my life off of, from Twitter, number one, yeah. right? Um, Twitter, obviously, without our connection to Christina Wong, what up, Christina? Love you. Um, I wouldn't be talking to you tonight, today. And again, it's all Twitter. A lot of people have created brands and, and, and all this stuff from Twitter. So there's a lot of good that's come from it. But yeah, like the devolution of our society, has can, I think you can tie it to Twitter. Um, and I would say it was probably very 2014, 2015-ish. When Twitter just went, pew, and it's yeah. now now you're not allowed to get along with anyone. You're not allowed to. I read something yesterday, like I guess someone did a kind of a paper on it, and basically the bottom line was Twitter is a place for a lot of angry people who have too much time on their hands. You're not wrong, um, <laughs> but so I wanted to bring it back even further because I feel like this predates Twitter, right? Social media, social media, like you know, we all know MySpace. Were you are you old enough to have had a MySpace? I don't know how old you are. I'm not gonna ask, but yeah, I'm thirty. You're thirty. You're thirty. All right, I got you by ten. All <laughs> right, so yeah, so you came in tail end of MySpace. Like MySpace was the jank. God, that place was so well. It was so good. Uh, we need more I'm Toms. Personalizing my page with music. Yeah, that was the most fun thing. I was like, oh yeah, this is a jam. Like someone, I remember seeing someone a while back pointed out like the, the best part about MySpace was like, it was teaching people how to code and they didn't even know it. Cause you had to like learn how to do all that cool shit, like yeah. music and all this stuff. And I just remember sitting up late at night, like, this is, this is hard. I need to find someone who can do this for me. <laughs> um, but no. They should bring that back. Everyone's like, let's teach kids how to code. Bring back MySpace. It's back. You don't remember the relaunch like a year and a half ago, two years ago? No. There was a huge relaunch. I mean, no, it didn't really work. Check it out. Let me look. Let me see what it's what's going on right now on, on the MySpace world. Because I might too. You know what? After we're done, I might just bring back my own MySpace page and, and get going. Yeah. Look, MySpace is legit. See that? Can can we see that? That's the home screen. Look at that. It's all oh like it's all very tiled. I'm trying to. I got sun in front of me. But anyway, no. So anyway, predating social media, I think. What we can tie it into is, uh, do you know what year? Wait, no, let me ask you this. Do you know what two cable news networks were created in 1996? Oh, Fox. I don't, CNN was before that, right? Yeah, Fox. CNN was first. CNN used to be very legitimate. There's a great, yeah. there's yeah. a great documentary about like uh, Live from Baghdad. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's awesome. It's about yeah. CNN, how CNN kind of, interesting okay. how kind of how cnn kind of like uh gained worldwide credibility and uh it was all about covering our first gulf war in in baghdad with the reporters there you know cnn they were the only ones that stuck that stuck stuck around through the invasion anyway but yeah so you got one fox news what's the other one and it's not cnn is it nbc you sure <laughs> damn right yes msnbc ah! They both were created in the same year. And I'm sure there's not any coincidence to that whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, yeah. Um, I remember, I, I mean, I never watched any of that shit until cause nine 11 happened and that's what ultimately led me to go to the army. But I remember, so when nine 11 happened, I was 20 
Uh, yeah. So that was the first time I was like, well, let me find out the news. I got to watch something. And I remember, I think Bill O'Reilly was the first person I ever saw or no, yeah. it was Hannity and, uh, Hannity and Combs when they had their yeah, show yeah, yeah. crossfire back in the day with CNN with yeah. Tucker Carlson. What up? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it, and, and then I just, I remember what, cause I would try to watch everything. Cause I didn't, I've always, I, I need to get more than just one view. Right? right. And I just remember at a very, like, when we went into Iraq, I, I was, I think 22, 23, whatever. When we were, yeah. 22 turned 23 in Iraq. So we went in during the invasion when I remember going in and like, we finally got networks back up. The first thing we were able to watch was first, we got this satellite company from down in Baghdad once, cause literally satellites appeared overnight after the invasion. Right. Cause there was none of that allowed under Saddam. And then once they got freedom, like it took a week for them to figure out like, what the fuck, what do we do? And then you go down to the town square in Baghdad and all of a sudden there's cell phones and TVs and, and satellites up for everyone to get. And everyone's trying to use this new technology and we got it installed on our little base and buy app in the airport. And we were watching uh, it was like, I think it was BBC. It might've been. And then I just remember it was a very, it was very like cheerleader ish. I'm like, why is everyone like cheering us? That's weird. Cause I never experienced that before. Right. And then eventually we got American cable and it was very weird. Cause like, I, I still remember kind of, and I talk about this all the time when Memorial day comes up, I kind of remember how the insurgency came about. Cause I was, a uh, so I was lucky enough to go on one of the, the, the first R&R trips back. We went through Baltimore International and they treated us like we were fucking just won the Super Bowl. Um, so I was on the third flight of that and I was in the airport in Orlando when I was coming back on November 3rd. And November 2nd of 2003 is when a Chinook carrying soldiers to go on leave was shot down. Mm -hmm. And I just remember like, what the what the f we haven't because we hadn't done shit. And after the invasion, we just sat around back. We weren't doing anything. We're just fucking sitting around waiting to go home. I was yeah. like, that's fucking weird. And then all of a sudden it was, it was pretty much nightly from there where you could tie in like the mortars and the rocket attacks and all the ID evolution started with convoy. And I feel like that's kind of what created the, the uh, insurgency, but also that's when I really started noticing totally different coverage from our own media. Hmm. Cause we would get all the shows. You would get the Fox news. You would get the CNN, yeah. you would get the MSNPC. I'm like, the same fucking story, but some of y'all are telling it very negatively. And some of you are telling it very like, pro whatever and yeah. uh, two things can be true i guess but um yeah and then here we are today where anytime someone quotes like a media outlet to me i'm like all right i already know where we're going with this right. and it really so, is there's no was, media anymore do you think it comes back do you think like social media is going to run its course and people are going to move on to something else in a few years or is this kind of where we're we're at this is where we're at this is it <laughs> Oh, I mean, it goes back to the journalism schools, right? Like, I feel like I got very lucky and I still had a really good curriculum. I'm still at good teachers. Like the year after I graduated, they changed the entire curriculum curriculum to like adapt to the digital world. So like my degree doesn't exist anymore. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean. I wish mine didn't. <laughs> but, um, but like, what are they teaching in J school? I don't know. And that goes back to like, what are they teaching in universities in general? Like, I would hate to go to college in today's day and age. I feel like on top of social media and Instagram and all that, you have to like that adapt to one of these wackadoos that are teaching you, okay, if you're white, you need to like take a step back and do your research and realize you're oppressing people. I, I feel like that's just rampant everywhere. 
which I meant to, to go, let me, hold on. Who, who said, God, I forgot her name. Well, I know her name. I just don't know how to pronounce it. The current press secretary. What's her name? Jen. Oh, Saki. Yeah. Let's circle back, right? Is Happy it? Juneteenth. We are celebrating the first Juneteenth. This okay. Is- I do have to say though, like for people who are complaining about Juneteenth, why are you complaining about an extra holiday? I, as I said yesterday, look, look, number one, I will never complain about another day off. Um, and let's be honest in this country, most holidays to people are exactly that. They're just fucking days off and, and reasons to celebrate or not even yeah. there's just reasons to hang out with your families and get drunk and barbecue. So you give me one more day. Let's go. I'm all for it. You know what I mean? That, that that's how I roll with that. Um, so yeah, uh, you get into the, op- you get it, you get the opportunity to work with the white house. So how was that for you? Was that just something like, what the hell is going on in my life? How did I get here? Or is this something where you're like, it's about fucking time someone noticed my greatness? <laughs> um, I actually think it was the first part because I I grew up, I knew I wanted to do big things, right? Like I grew yeah. up, I'm like, oh, I'm going to like get out of town. I'm going to go to DC and do big things, whatever. Never in my life did I think I'm going to go work at the White House. Like it was never yeah. a thing for me. Um, I wasn't a campaign person. I was just very like, I like national security, I like foreign policy. You know, I worked on the Hill. That was great. Worked state, loved working at the Pentagon. So for me, I was just like, I'm happy here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get to the, to the White House and some people know, not a lot of people know, but I worked there with my fiance. Um, yeah, and for to, him. Be, <laughs> <laughs> to be quite frank, my fiance was in my like chain of command. So literally, because that doesn't happen anywhere. Good job. Yeah, no, (laughs) this doesn't really happen anywhere else. I mean, technically, I didn't report to him, but I ended up. It was just me and him at the end of the day. Yeah. And when you work at a place like the at like the White House, where I mean, knives are out, people are just crazed, and especially in those last months with the election and yeah, I mean the vaccine. Um, it's hard, and so having someone that you truly do trust there was really um really just special in a way and it was just it was really essential in order to get things done and i remember um the vaccine summit i don't know if you saw that but we did this vaccine summit at the white house back mm-hmm. in december um oh my cat is about to like knock over hey me. there's one running around here too at some point um <laughs> that fucker uh, she got up and like clawed my ear at like six in the morning to get fed like it was a playful one but her <laughs> His claw went right into my ear and it looked like a fucking crime scene. Like I'm still drying out the pillows after I had the washroom. I'm like, what the? So yeah, I understand yeah. the cat problems. Anyway. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, yeah, we did the vaccine summit back in December and um, everyone on our team decided to take a vacation that week. I don't know why. So it was literally like me, him, and like two other people putting together all the comms and press for this vaccine summit. And I just, I'll never forget the days we were just working from like 7 a.m., to midnight in our apartment or, you know, at the White House together. I'm like, Brian, what do you need? Brian, what can we do next? Let's do this. Let's ask this person. I I honestly don't know if that could have worked if it wasn't for us being so close, if that makes sense, because no one trusts each other. And especially at the time when people were dropping like flies. I mean, I think a few people had resigned because of the election and all that Mm -hmm. or whatever else was happening. So I think it was, you know, one of those things that was very special and so wait so hold on so he didn't propose in the white house did he oh no (laughs) No. that's um 
we have a couple of friends who did that and it works for them. I don't think that they did it. They really did. People have been engaged in the white house or proposed to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Um, (laughs) All right. So let me, okay. So What, so how, how was that for you guys? Cause like everyone was dealing with this stuff real time, like everybody else. Right. But you guys are actually tasked with, you know, messaging and trying to figure out what the hell you're supposed to, you, you, and I'm sure you seem astute enough to know that like you're going in this knowing that, cause this is where I think we are with, with the social media and with the, the cable news outlets and all and this, one. anything that gets said, anything that, or even if it's not said anything that, that is news or comes up, you're automatically 50% think it's true, 50% think it's bullshit, right? And then you guys got to kind of navigate through all that to kind of get some sort of message out to people. So what was your approach during that time where you guys, because A, obviously you're dealing with it like, yo, what the fuck's happening to us? And then B, we got to, you know, inform the country. So what was the approach? I guess on the COVID side, I mean, a lot of like the COVID and the vaccine stuff, was just very like market based so it's like oh we can't talk about this because of the market or whatever you know goes right over my head I'm like what (laughs) (laughs) like I don't understand and I work at a finance company now so you know still learn um I mean it's funny that you bring that up like what are the facts right Mm -hmm. we sat there we gave people facts we're literally like we can't say this because that's not true or we can't push the narrative this way because we're not there yet Mm -hmm. The sad, the sad reality of it was the media wouldn't take it no matter what. And we were literally like, here are the facts. This is coming straight from the source on the record for you guys. And yet they're like, well, I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to take it because, you know, it's not acceptable. I heard so-and-so say this and I heard so-and-so say that. So you're telling me this, that can't be true. And it, it, it's really just incredible the bias that the media has these days because they have they're stuck in their mind to have this narrative there's it's stuck in them to to be that like moral voice of america so therefore my opinion matters and you don't but again journalists are supposed to be objective so you're, you're yeah, fighting i mean that that's always been the, like because this i i say this all the time with, with uh former president trump like that dude was not a Republican ever. Like if you just, just go back and look at his history, right? He wasn't. Okay. So, but for whatever reason, he, he decided to put the capital R next to his name. And it's just like, apparently that erased his entire history of his life. And the fact that everyone adored that dude until he put that letter next to his name and became the president. Right. And uh, so, yeah, like uh, to this day, I'm still like, all he had to do was run as a Democrat. He still would have got elected. I think. Cause there was, Right. Like he still would have got because who was going to run against him? Like I loved Marco Rubio. He was for the senator from my state, but I don't think he could have won. Like he probably would have got the nomination for the Republicans, but I don't think he would have beat Trump. And I felt like if any Democrat other than Hillary would have just carried the wave of the Obama administration, they would have won. But, you know. Well, I think also, like, no matter what party, the American people are just like, we need someone who actually fucking works. Someone who actually just like says it like it is. And that's what President Trump did. He did. And it, it pissed off everyone. And I loved it because, I yeah. mean, I, I remember watching the, the debates in 2012 before he really started trying to be a politician or, or get into that arena. And I was like, dude, this dude says everything that I think, right. you know, but it, no one cares what I think because I don't have his platform or his, you know, his, but what I just remember like, okay. And then when he announced as a Republican, I'm like, oh, no, it's not, what are you doing? And then he won, which was great. Cause I thought, you know, 
anybody but Hillary at that point. But <laughs> so, yeah. And then, um, but go back, going back to what you said about like the journalists feel they have to be the moral voice for America, which is just weird. Cause that's, I don't know, but they, so let me get back into your curriculum. Cause you said it doesn't exist anymore and they rewrote it and all. Were, did, were you able, can you go back now? Maybe in the moment you, I don't think people in the moment realize it unless you know, they're older or have other experiences before they go to college. But if you're on the standard straight from high school to college track, do you, were you able to perceive any sort of like bias in your, from your professors or are you, are you yeah. taught to go a certain direction? Looking back, I don't think so. Cause I was probably too focused on partying in college. <laughs> Somehow I graduated. Let's go. <laughs> Georgia. So, you know, you know, hey, where'd you go? University of Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That's not a party school at all. Yeah. <laughs> academics, right. Um, but no, one of my professors today and I'm really, I, I mean, I'm friends with him on Facebook. <clears throat> he has gone off the rail. I mean, he's like a, he's older. So he's like, well, this man is so bad. And I don't know how you guys can vote for it. Like he has definitely gone off the left side of things as like the old grumpy man who's like, oh, I can't stand him. And, <laughs> you know, it's kind of sad, but it's kind of funny in, in the same way. And I'm like, man, I'm really glad he didn't act like this when I was his student. So um, I think this is a new trend for sure, for professors and for universities to kind of finally be like, okay, let's, let me like impart some wisdom on these uh, children, I guess. But, um, and then one of my other professors is another old man who's been in the industry way too long, who's now like, I don't even know what the profession is like anymore. So here's my, uh, here's my, my, here's my kooky take. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go start media uh, channels out in India and in Pakistan. <laughs> So, so, that were. so that okay there's two things um so andrew breitbart the late andrew breitbart i don't know if you ever read his book but he talked about it he talked about and this is one of the things i've talked about uh um and braxton mccoy i don't know if you're familiar with him and his book but braxton talks about this all the time and we've mentioned it too is like the democrats in this country um or just the left i think in general they're great at being a unified and playing the long game, which is the exact opposite of what the right does. The right tries to play the left's game and they can't. They're never unified on anything. They're always splintered about what they wanna do. Uh, and they, they constantly deal in the day-to-day. -day. They don't think long-term. And so I bring back up Andrew Breitbart because he talked about this in his, in his book. It was like the left, it started with the green movement, right? Like infiltrating the whole climate movement and, and how they use that. And then they act, they, they, they infiltrated academia and, you know, look, I will not be anybody to, to come out on one side or the other. Like, look, if you believe in those things, great. If you don't also great, but when it gets to the point where I, uh, this is my favorite. So, <clears throat> all right, it, it's story time. So once upon a time, I went to college, right? I started with broadcast journalism, or it was broadcasting is what I majored. I started majoring. I went to college to play baseball. That was it. I didn't really care about going to school. I liked 
broadcasting. I did all this. I did all the television production shit in, in high school. Like I always did the, the, the television show. Like I was an on-air person. I like doing that stuff and I never pursued it. And obviously it's good that I didn't because it's not like I'm any good at this shit, as you can tell. Uh, <laughs> but my whole focus was baseball. Right. So I didn't care about school. And that was my, my problem. And then 9-11 happened and I realized I sucked at baseball and then I joined the army. And then I went back to college um, when I was 27. And I was I was I was on I was doing active duty orders at the time. So I would always go to class at night after I did my my army shit. And sometimes I just didn't have time to change and I'd be in uniform and I'd be sitting in a class for political science with all these like 18 and 19 year olds who've never done anything other than go to school. And they've all, at this point when I was going there, like they've all got foreign policy figured out, right? They've all got the solutions to how to solve the, the problems in the war in Iraq and all this shit. I'm just sitting there like, Ugh. my favorite professor though, like he was never just full on out, but I still, I loved him. I love, I took three classes with him. He was a great dude, um, but he may, him and I may have different views. And I finally called him out on one of them because he sat there. I remember, I can't remember what class this was. I think it was like political ideologies of the 20th century or some, some class, something similar. And I remember him saying capitalism was responsible for a hundred million deaths in the 20th century. And I was like, that's bullshit. And, he, and then like, we had like this 20 minute debate on all this stuff. I'm like, you can't be serious that like, did you, are you just going to ignore the entire country of Germany, like <laughs> they are responsible for <laughs> it was not capital. If it wasn't for capitalism and the fucking market in this country, we wouldn't have been able to produce anything to beat Germany. All right. Like that's this, this is how it worked. And so that was like the first time for me where I was just like, is this going on in other class? And I never really had because I went to the University of Central Florida, also not a party school at all. Um, and I never, <laughs> I never really experienced anything like overt. You know, all my professors in, in the political science field were, were they were pretty. They, they, you couldn't. It was hard for you to tell if they had a bias, other than that comment. You know, because Doc, I don't want to say his name, but Doctor L. He was a good dude and I, and I really respected his background and his story and where he came from. But I just remember it's like, nope, we're not doing that. Nope. Bullshit. It did not happen. Yeah. But that's the type of thing. Cause I think most kids are not 27 years old who've been deployed and you know, you, that so you don't have that experience. So you got an 18 year old hearing that and like, yeah, you're, you know, maybe, maybe capitalism was. Right. Well, and it coupled that with like all the social media and Instagram and Twitter and all that for these young kids. It's like, God, they must be really depressed. Well, see, and this is another thing. Like, and I've talked about this with Braxton too, is that I think, uh, you know, you might, my parents are guilty of this. You know, my parents, what's my dad? I think he just turns, yeah. Dad just turned 72 in May. I think, yeah, I know how old my dad is. He just turned 72 in May. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and then it's Father's Day tomorrow. Man, it just never ends. Birthday, Father's Day, it just keeps going. And then my mom, she's recently retired and she's, uh, Let's see 54 so she's 67 whatever anyway but they're, they're just like oh this, this country and they're all concerned about like the next generation but here's what i have noticed um the the teenagers especially the ones in high school but then also kind of like the ones moving on to high school maybe first second year of college they don't watch msnbc and fox news 
Like they don't give a shit about that stuff. They're all, they're, they're honestly, I guess it, it may be different depending on what state you're in, but they are very independent in my opinion, in their thinking. And they go a ton of places to get information. Yeah. Like they don't turn on Fox news. Cause it's time to watch Tucker at eight o'clock or whatever, or, you know, they're let's watch. What's that girl, Rachel Maddow on it. They don't do that. They don't give a fuck about that shit. They, they consume clips, but they also go tons of places for their, their content and I mean, even out here in Northern California in the Bay Area where I'm at, I see a ton of like young conservatives and people who supported Trump and, and all this stuff. It's just, again, it comes back to the bias. If you're looking for it, you'll find it. Like if yeah. you think the world is left, there's plenty of opportunities to concern, like to cement that belief and same with the right. If you, I just think like you need to, what, what people need to do, and this is what I've always said when it comes to social media today is just go talk to your neighbors. Just hang out with the people you live around and then tell me how you really feel about America because it's totally different than what gets portrayed on Twitter okay. and on these cable news networks because people were just not that splintered, I don't think. No, no. And since my fiance and I moved to Texas, it's been an incredible experience being like- Texas now, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in Texas. Okay. I got a question for you on that afterward, but no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say like, it's been incredible because we're like- Oh yeah, we worked at the White House, and everyone. Oh my God, are you serious? What is he like? Is he gonna run again? <laughs> <laughs> there is yet to be a moment where we've met someone and they haven't been like, "Thank you," which is incredible. And I, I and I don't know how it is anywhere else. I'm from Georgia, and what happened in Georgia in this past election has been interesting to me. But yeah, uh, but uh, in Texas, at least, like. I mean, TMI, but like, I went to, to, to get a wax and the lady was like, <laughs> asking me, so like, oh my God, you worked in the White House. <laughs> I was like, this is great. <laughs> this is the content we're here for. Go to Texas, get a wax. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let me ask you this. Because, uh, and it, I could tie it into Georgia as well. So, so I grew up in Florida. Um, I was born in New Jersey, moved to Florida when I was five. My parents were part of that great Northeastern exodus from the eighties and nineties. It still continues. There's still all these people moving to the, to Florida from the Northeast. Um, and I know there's a huge exodus going on right now from California and other parts of the West to Texas mm -hmm. and Georgia's pretty popular as well with the Northeast crowd. Um, when my, when I first, the first election I could vote in was 2000. <laughs> Nothing happened there. Right? <laughs> I would love to, after this election, I'm like, God, I wonder what it was like to be in the 2000 election. Oh, man. Well, we didn't really have the social media, but we definitely had the, the cable news coverage of it. But yeah, because I remember, yeah. So 2000 was fun. And I actually voted for Ralph Nader because I was a totally informed 20 year old or yeah, 19, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Ralph Nader, man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a libertarian, bro, man, just live and let live. That still exists, but honestly, I feel like the libertarians are kind of shifting towards the, their, or the party is absorbing the libertarian being like. Fucking libertarians are the biggest fucking hypocrites in the world. They're so, I, I can't stand libertarians. They have no fucking morality or any sense of anything. They just want to be like, yeah, I'm not, I don't have an opinion on that. Like they, 
anyway, I, that's another rant. So my point was to you, right? So Florida, Georgia, Texas. When I moved, when we moved to Florida, Florida was a very red state up until 2000. And then it was kind of in a place, but it's, wow. you know, you're one election cycle away from all those states being fucking purple or if not blue. And if they are blue, it's going to happen. Like, look at Austin. I don't know where you live in Texas. I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to ask you to, to disclose that, but Austin, uh, yeah. Yeah. Austin's weird. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so look, I don't care. I move wherever the hell you want. People always, you know, they vote with their feet. Right. But that's not true anymore because when they move to wherever the hell they move to, they escape all these things that they don't want to be a part of anymore. They vote the same way. Yeah. They're still voting the from the exact same way. Like it, it, it's not like you, uh, I'm this super liberal from San Francisco and I'm moving to Texas and I'm going to buy guns. No, you're going to move to Texas. You're going to still vote for fucking Democrats. Yeah. And that's what's so, that's what happened in Georgia, literally, because it's, it's happening oh, in Florida. It's literally, it's happening in Florida. Yes. Because I feel like Florida can't, well, so what? we got Florida. Latinos in Florida. Latinos in Florida are like, all right. If you look at Florida is in play, it never was. Florida goes one way or the other every election cycle now. I think they voted for Obama in 2012. It's like when, so back to 2016, when we won Florida, that was a moment we were like, we're, we got this then. We won Florida and then we won the Senate race. I think it was Ohio or Wisconsin. We are like, mm. this is the bag. Um, and then when we won Florida this race, we're like, okay, that's fine. But I, I now think that sort of attitude has shifted to Ohio, Michigan, that whole area. And yeah. obviously tripped up for us, but, um, I feel like Florida has, because of 2000 has changed its laws and now we're in a better place when it comes to, at least for the Republican party, we're like, okay, the election is more secure in Florida. Ron DeSantis has said that several times, but anyways, not to get too mm-hmm. much politics and campaigns and elections but hey you talk about whatever the hell you want you know what florida has that i wish everywhere else had gators oh what no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) what Publix, come on Publix. no you know what i will fight you on this because i think Publix is the most overrated food chain in america Look, you need to get out to California if you want to see some really, truly great grocery store chains. Nugget. Have you heard of Nugget? No, it's only in California. Nugget. It makes Whole Foods look dumb. That's <laughs> all right. They got Safeways, which are kind of like the Publix. They got Knob Hill. They've got Rayleigh's. Like, Publix is so, like, they're, they're a cool store, but their prices suck. They just do. They're not good prices. They're not. What's in Texas? What's the chain down? What, what? Okay. So the, the one that everyone talks about is H-E-B. It's, a, it's hmm. the only privately owned grocery store chain in America. But it's only, oh. but it makes a lot of money, apparently. Oh. I haven't been to one yet. They're opening one like down the street from me, apparently. Okay. But. So you're ready. You're camping out. Got the camp chair. Like H-E-B is the jam. Got the champagne ready. Yeah. That and Kroger. Yeah, well, so Kroger's, you're Georgia, so Kroger's in the South, yeah, been to Kroger. There's some nice Kroger's. There's one in Tennessee my, near my parents that I, I would go to. It's pretty nice. But no, there, there's not like a bad chain in California. They're all like entirely too nice. Makes no sense. You walk it to them and you're like, this is amazing. You abandoned Publix for California chains? Yeah. I was stationed out here like five years ago, and, and so yeah. Um, 
they're 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 all better. They're superior to Publix. So wait, you're in Northern California. Yeah. I my dad was stationed there. We went to the naval, or he went to the naval postgraduate school. So we lived in Monterey for a bit. Okay, yeah, Monterey. So Monterey's pretty cool. There, so I took my buddy there when he out processed. Uh, to retire that was fun that was a good time monterey's great but and then uh carmel my girl and i we were there over valentine's and carmel Carmel. so did you get to go to like i forgot the name of it but it's that little hole in the wall sub shop that everyone who's ever been in the military no okay i haven't been back to monterey since monterey's beautiful like how so here's my thing right okay wait a minute so hold on but yeah texas we're one or two election cycles from that state going blue. And when that happens, how are you going to have a Republican president again? Can't. You're scaring me. Don't say that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to like, this is my point with the long game. And yeah. if, if Republicans ever want to win it, what they need to do is, Hey, embrace all that. Embrace the fact that all these people are moving to these places and start moving the opposite direction. Like, well, so like, Apparently, Californians get taxed when they leave the state. What? What's the name of that one? Let me look this shit up. I, I don't know, I, th- but that's what people are talking. <laughs> Is it the Exodus tax? <laughs> like, I get taxed. There's some, some sort of tax when you actually leave the state. And what blows my mind? So, my fiance and I are trying to buy a house out here. We've. I think the real estate market is actually the craziest in Texas, and yeah. especially in Frisco, where we're at. So ah. She yeah. said it. <laughs> We're <in> Frisco, number, <laughs> one growing, number one fastest growing city in America right now. Really? And so we've lost on four houses now. Um, Is this because all those corporations are coming in and buying them? Did you see that story? There's like yeah, these companies yeah. that are buying all these fucking houses. <laughs> and I was like, that makes me so mad because I am, nuts. I am losing to, we literally, we put an offer on a house the last one we did and we offered a lot i mean nearly a hundred thousand dollars over asking price because we were we were like we've got to get a house yeah this is like reaching to the point where we are okay this is overpaying for the house but we don't feel so bad about it and someone came in and offered fifty thousand over our offer was it a person or was it a company i don't know i don't know yeah, yeah that shit blew my mind when i read that story okay how do how do i tie this in so yeah i'm going back to where i said like look these people legitimate like people legitimately are fleeing california like it's not like it's real right and california is still great i got it yeah fourth largest economy in the world just as a state i got all that but you know what the problem with this state is regardless of what your politics are if, if you don't vote then you don't get to have an opinion on what happens. That's my, that, that's where I come out on, right? I don't like people who are lackadaisical or who are just like, Oh, I live in this. So what's the fucking point? What, you know, regardless of what your politics are, use your goddamn constitutional right and fucking vote. Well, it's not a constitutional <laughs> right. If we really break it down, it's really not, well, but it have as a citizen. Yeah. Easiest yeah. Duty. So, so go vote. But so here's my problem with California, right? So, and I juxtapose this with Florida. If you look at the amount of people who vote in both states based on the population, it's about equal. But California has like twice the amount of people as Florida. But because the Republicans in this fucking state just are like, ah, fuck it. And they don't vote. They don't do anything. They just sit and complain or hang up state of Jefferson signs in their yard. Like, 
that it's not going to get you anywhere. You know, it's funny. Well, one thing I'll say is California's moving to Texas. Who is buying your house in California? That's what. Who is actually moving to California? Because the Californians that are coming to Texas and offering cash on the. There are so many renters in this state. So many, so many. But yeah, no, you're making a good point. And this is the other thing. I'm like, I don't think we're going to see this for. I don't think we're well. I don't think we'll, we'll realize the impact on it for several years still. But a if if Republicans would just go the opposite direction, like oh y'all, I want to fucking flee California and some of these other you know blue cities, go take them back over. Go do that. Number one, right? Go and, and actually vote the proper way and, and do the do the long game, like the Democrats have no problem doing. But also, um, the commercial real estate market has to be crumbling at this point because what's come out of the pandemic is the 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 fact that we're in this service economy where most of the people who live in the bay area especially in san francisco silicon valley all this they don't need to do anything they just work from fucking home they just need a computer so why the fuck are they going to go into the city sit in traffic for an hour spend a toll six dollars each way just to go into san francisco to go to an office they don't need to be in and then drive home to like when companies realize they don't need this stuff anymore, why are they going to spend the exorbitant amount of lease? Well, and that's what's happening in New York. All the New Yorkers are going down yeah. to Florida. They're coming to Texas. Like, yeah. There's a Texas happening. And that's part of the reason why we came to Texas because all of our friends are going and we were like, it is more cost efficient for us to live in Texas. Mm. No one has, which is probably part of the yeah, reason that's why. Great. That's well, I love my home of records, Florida. So I still that in Florida as well. So, <laughs> you know, I don't hate it, but it's also it's it's interesting at least. And well, I, I bring that up because now the 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 contrast to that is someone who works in San Francisco and I don't know what field they're in, but he made a good point. He's like, yeah, but the counter to that is you can't maintain relationships from a business perspective long-term through zoom calls. Like you have to be in front of them and do all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, fine. That's a good argument. That's a good point. But it, what's the, what's the benefit to the company as a whole still like, fine, if I'm going to pay for you to go fly across the world to go do your business shit, great. Got it. But why do I need to have an office in a city that no one needs to work out of? And so that's driving people to leave these places more. Right. And I think you're going to see a huge sort of uh, boomerang effect when it's like, Oh, we don't need this shit anymore. And then, Oh, wow. All these properties are vacant because who's going to, who's going to move into them. Who's going to use them for what? The real estate market in this state is already stupid as it is. The amount of money I pay for this fucking apartment is dumb. <laughs> I hate it. I love the apartment. I hate the, like, I, I just, every time, like, it's so hard for me to, to come from Florida and know what, you know, you look at like a very average house in this area where I live and you see like the starting price tag is like seven, 800,000. I'm like, do you know, you know, you're from Georgia. Do you know what you can get for seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars in Georgia and Florida? And you're going to tell me I get a two bedroom, 1100 square foot house. Fuck that. Not doing it. No, on principle, not buying it. Come to Texas. You can get 5,000 square feet for 11. Oh my God, I know. I would, I'd, if I could tomorrow, trust me, I'd be out of here. Uh, I love like this state is beautiful. Like I'm literally looking at the mountains of the Vacaville range in Napa where I live. And it's, it's absolutely beautiful, but, but 
The price is not. Uh oh, champagne popping. <laughs> Wait, well, hold on. What do you got over there? Is it actually champagne or? Well, speaking of California, I think it's Corbell. So not so here. All right. Did you know? To be champagne, it has to actually come from the champagne region in France. Flor in, Cal in France. All right. So, so my girl is a, she's a partner in a wine label and I, I've got way too much useless trivia and all this stuff now, but yeah, I know it's funny. Cause I always mess with her. I'm like, uh, cause they're getting ready to try and do like, they're trying to, when well, I can't say that, but anyway, so if you drive through Santa Rosa and you go by the Corbell, it's like the home of California champagne. I'm like, that's not true. It's <laughs> wine. It's not champagne, um, but oh, good for you. You're, you're popping bottles over there. This was for a house that we thought we were going to get. <laughs> <laughs> well appropriate to drink it today yes we're gonna drink it now so so you lost out on that house so where are you at now like still uh, uh i have a great real he's awesome he's the kind of guy who would sit next to me and do this with me too he would drink. <laughs> um, so is yeah. there no opportunity to build or no well so that's the thing and that goes into a larger topic like what is going on with the shortages in america so there's a lumber shortage Oh, yeah, I know. I watched, I, I, so the Rayleigh's I go to grocery stores right next to a Home Depot and I walk by them both and I'm just like, I, I've been noticing the prices. They're going up like crazy. Oh yeah. Apparently they went down yesterday, but again, like I don't want to get a fixer upper house because I know I'm not going to be able to fucking fix, fix it. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got but Teresa to drop her first F-bomb. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> I share this with people will be like R rated. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. But again, okay. So lumber prices are going up. There's a shortage of that. And then I go to Starbucks and they're like, oh, you can't get your spinach wrap because it's, we have a shortage of food. And then now there's a shortage of gas. And now there's a shortage of this. And oh, chicken wings are just as expensive as steaks apparently now because yeah. So another thing, like, look, the great Western scientist, Braxton McCoy, if you don't know, if you don't follow him or you don't know him yet, you should look him up and you should definitely read his book. His book's incredible. But anyway, he's, he's, he talked about this. Literally the first conversation with I, ha I had with him was March of last year. It was right when all, or maybe April, all, right when all this, the pandemic shit was talking or happening. Uh, he lives in Idaho and he, he's a, uh, he, he breaks horses. Like that's what he does now. Um, but he talked about, he's like, man, there's going to be a beef shortage and you're going to notice your prices, especially with chicken as well. And he tied it into, um, it was essentially tied to the pandemic because, you know, most of these places who buy the cheaper beef and the cheaper chicken, especially are schools. Well, schools got shut down, right? So no one's buying that. Uh, and he's like, you're not going to see this for, you know, 12 to 18 months because that's the life cycle of these the beef or the cattle and, and the chickens, like there's a, there, it takes a while before that effect comes to market. And this is where we're at right now. He was saying it back then. And even this other guy that we talked to a lot on, on, on the Twitter, um, he's in the commodities. That's all he does. He deals with commodities and he saw and forecast the same things. Like this is going to happen and it's going to take a while before it hits, but you're going to see a massive spike in your, your beef prices. Now me, I'm a beef snob. I only buy prime beef. Okay. And I go to Costco to do it, right? <clears throat> so I've noticed Costco prime beef, depending on the cut you get, was always like $7.99 to like $14.99 a pound, depending on the cut, right? Literally two weeks ago when I was there, it's like $17.99 to $21.99 a pound. Like it's literally more than doubled in okay. a year. For like what? Yeah, you get like three or four steaks, you know, whatever. Um, 
but that's the beef side. And then chicken thighs. All I buy is chicken thighs because I like flavor, right? Fat is flavor. So I buy chicken thighs. Same thing. The exact same amount of chicken I was buying for $16, $17 at Costco last year is $24.25 right now. In a year. I'm fortunate. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm lucky and, and with, with my girl. Like, we can afford to do this and we can absorb that. But think about literally the millions of people around this country who are literally paycheck to paycheck. And that stuff's going to affect them more than anything. Like, everyone who's got money way more like I, I won't pretend I'm some sort of rich person. I'm not, but people above me, they're insulated on this. They don't never notice that most of those people don't shop for their own fucking groceries. Anyway, they'll never know what the fucking price of stuff is. Right. But you talk about the price of lumber, you talk about the price of food, all these things that affect the average person. Right. Here we are. Gas on election day was two seventy nine a gallon here. It is four Oh seven right now. You're kidding. That's at Costco. I can go down the street. Well, no, the, the gas station in front of my office, it's four seventy nine, where I work. What? Four seventy nine. Yep. And that, and this is Northern California. It's always been cheaper here than it is in Southern. Where my brother's at, it's over five. And he lives in the LA area. Kidding. Nope. So not what what you're gonna be like. I live in Texas. Gas is dollar gallon. <laughs> oh, it's like two se- Okay, Bucky's. Have you ever been to a Bucky's? Uh, no. Okay, so if you ever come to Texas, you got to go to a Bucky's, and okay. whoever your listeners have been there, they will they will understand this this place is a thing. It's very new, apparently. Is this like Wawa but in Texas? It's a Wawa on steroids. Ooh, all right. With, with what? So really like two hundred gas pumps. There's two different what? stations for gas pumps, and then a Costco size like gas station <laughs> the cleanest bathrooms in america <laughs> but they, right. Right, i'm sold i'm coming this weekend the bathroom has a security card that's how crazy it is there's a security guard standing at the bathroom and he goes men's side women's side cleanest bathroom you'll ever be in at a gas station and then they make their own beef jerky they have their own barbecue if you need snacks if you need wine glasses if you need christmas ornaments if you <laughs> Joker, if you need chairs for the beach, like this Bucky's is the place to go if you're in Texas. And I think they're in like what Alabama and Georgia now. If you need gas. So this sounds like very similar to I don't remember the name of it, but it's it's on the random highway. Like if you ever drive from LA to Vegas, have you ever made that drive? No, I haven't. I've never been to Vegas. Hold on. All right, we'll come back to that. So anyway, on the way, like the, the best drive you can do in America, there's two of them. There's LA to Vegas and you drive through all that. Did you ever see uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? Hunter S. Thompson book turned into a movie with Johnny Depp. I know it's came out, but I haven't watched it. You never watched? You have a homework assignment, young lady. All right. <laughs> Oh, anyway, so that's the drive. But uh, along the way, there's a place just like that where you described, right? There's like 7,000 gas pumps. There's all these random chocolates and jerky and there's so much stuff inside. You're just like, wow, it's in the middle of nowhere, right? Because that's the four-hour drive to Vegas from LA. But then also, if you ever, so you have to do the northern route, right? You go from Vegas up through northern Nevada, the land that time forgot, because those towns, like, they literally look like, 120 years ago like nothing's changed it's so 
crazy in a good way to go through and see America, how it was a, like a century ago and it hasn't changed. So you drive through Vegas, go up north, you drive by this like random alien themed Area 51 brothel. So weird. And another gas station. It's a part of a gas station. It's so fucking random. Anyway, <clears throat> so you drive through that, go through North, and then you come up through Tahoe and then back down through Tahoe into Northern California and then, yeah, come home. So that's two of the greatest, most beautiful drives you'll ever see. Um, how have you not been to Las Vegas? I know. I it's really literally the greatest city in this country. <laughs> it really is. Okay, I'll be there in, in, on July 9th. Because that is literally on my bucket list. One of our good friends just went to the UFO Museum in Roswell. Nice. The coolest looking place ever. I'm like, this is number one on my bucket list. There's a fucking museum for UFOs and you haven't been. In Roswell, yes. Yeah. yeah. I want to go. Well, why haven't you? Because I need more time on my hands. <laughs> you just had an entire year. It'll be easier, but... Yes. Oh, that's good. Are you guys going to get married in Vegas? Honestly, okay. Planning a wedding during COVID. <laughs> and I, I, I know a lot of people feel my pain on this. Yeah. If anybody got engaged, any of your listeners got engaged within the last year, just wait till next, late next year. Don't even wait till like January 2022. <laughs> like November 2022 because it's never going to end. Um. It's a terrible process. I feel like wedding planning is already a terrible process. Doing it with COVID is a terrible process. And we've gotten to the point where we were like, let's just go to Vegas. Why the fuck hey, not? I'm down. If you need me there, I'll be there. I'll be a witness. I'm, I'm <laughs> always down to go to Vegas. You can, you can officiate. Yeah, I can do that too. He's an ordained minister. He did it in five minutes. He ordained my sister's wedding. So. Oh, nice. That's a good deal. Yeah, no, I'll be there in a few weeks. Um, actually, I, I try to go. I've been going to Vegas at least once a year since 2004. Love it. It's the greatest city for food, pools, yeah. adult beverages, like making money, all those things, all the things that I like. <laughs> is it fun in August? Like, do people go in August? Oh, yeah, everyone. It's year round. But the problem is once you get into these times of the year, like July, August, it's super fucking hot. Yeah. It's just super hot which is all the more reason to be at the pools. Right. Right. A scenery. All right. You know, for your fiance. Okay. He's, he gets to look at you. You get to be there enjoying champagne. Um, but no, the pools are fun. They're so much fun during the day. You got the day clubs and, and the, it, it's so much fun. Um, I made the mistake. The worst, my worst Vegas trip ever was I just came back from Afghanistan. It was 2014. I went over the July 4th week. I made the mistake of going, this is, so I've, I've, look, I've refined and I go to Vegas max for three days. Right. And so here's what I did. I went from July 1st through July 7th. A week. Oh God. By like 4th of July night, I'm like, I just want to go home. <laughs> I just I don't want to do this anymore. And it was so random because it rained on 4th of July, like rained for like an hour in, in Vegas. It was so random. It rained at like six o'clock at night. We're like, what is that? It's freaking rain. Um, but yeah, and, and it's funny because so like the first three days were there and, you know, Vegas prices are what they are. But on the 4th of July, literally everything like damn near doubled. It was hilarious just because it was 4th of July. So we shouldn't go for the 4th of July. Absolutely not. Do not go there. <laughs> Don't do it. No, like there's always a lot of people in general. 
You just avoid the crowds of Fourth of July. You don't want those. Go in August. August is fine. Okay. Um, does your does your fiance like football? Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Like what kind of football? I like SEC football. Okay. Well, you like okay college football, NFL. Well, fine. Either way, I would go at the start of football season so you can bet and watch the games, right? But watching them and betting on them are, are great. The weather's still great, but football season in Vegas is the best time to be there at the beginning. Because eventually the weather's going to get cold and it's still a fucking desert and it gets super cold. But if you're there like September, early October, you still get beautiful weather. You can still go in the pools and no problem. You get yeah. football. God, you're an SEC fan. That sucks. Well, you know what's worse? I think it's like, I just realized you went to the University of Georgia. Did you go to UF? No, I went to the University of Central Florida. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're actually UF now. UF doesn't like UF, right? Oh no, no. So Florida's so regional. Like every school hates themselves. Like <laughs> Florida, yeah. No one like Florida mostly hates Florida State. Miami hates everybody. We hate USF, and nobody likes USF. Like even their students, they're just such a useless school. Like you're the University of South Florida, but you're in Tampa. You're not. There's nothing south about you. You're the West of central Florida. That's what you are, but you call yourself South Florida. Like if you're a USF bull, like bullshit, like such a <laughs> great city, Tampa, love Tampa, uh, St. Pete as well. Nearby Stetson. What up? But, uh, yeah, like the university of South Florida, um, just burn your degree. It's useless. <laughs> That's where I'm at. I don't know how Georgia is. You, what's your main rival there in Georgia, like Georgia tech or no, it's Florida. Well, no, I meant in the state. Oh, in the state? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Georgia Tech. Yeah. yeah, I know you guys hate Florida. World's largest cocktail party, but can you guys still, can you call it that still? Or is that like, it's, that's oh, offensive. No. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably canceled at this point. Take, you can't encourage drinking. <laughs> There's too much, I don't know. Yeah, racism and anti-feminism and all that happening. Oh there. my God. Oh, the anti-feminism. Are you a feminist? But like, what is the definition of feminist? Well, so that's my thing. It's like, I don't have to be a feminist to believe in like equality and like empowering women. I just, I'm not a sexist. How about that? I don't need to, <laughs> there's that. Can we go with that? Cause you know, if anything, I don't see like people forcing women to be like, are you a manist? Like, <laughs> no, you know, we just believe in equality, right? Equal opportunity, not equal outcomes. Remember that? Like, it's a real thing. You should support that. I think, I don't know. Yeah. This is about you. This is about Teresa Davis. (laughs) (laughs) You've done pretty damn good, I would say. Um, So is your, are you guys in the same field still? Like you guys still in the same field? So we started the same company because the CEO of the company was like, oh, I like couples. So he hired us both. Stability makes sense. Um, Luckily my fiance is a lawyer. So he's got a little bit of a specialty. So um, that's why I hated my degree. Cause I didn't want to go become a lawyer and everyone I talked to cause I, so I'm very proud at this point. Um, one of my best friends from middle school, uh, she went to law school and she is now, she just became a judge, um, this year. Uh, so her, and she went to like one of those tier one law schools. So like a big deal. Uh, I have another friend who went to Harvard law too, actually. And I remember after I graduated with my political science degree, as if it means anything <laughs> and i'm like hey guys i want to go to law school what do you think and all of them were like don't do it don't 
unless you have someone that can pay for it for you, then don't do it. It was a total waste of money. Now, granted, there's, these are like three of the most successful people I know. I'm like, I don't, what, why? And it's, yeah. So I did not go to law school. Same thing. He's like, he literally tells everyone, don't do it. He, I mean, he's still paying off his student loans. I mean, if he wants to join the army, we can help him out with that. Just saying. It's kind of funny you mentioned that because <laughs> I don't know. I've never dealt with moms before. My fiance is older. He's nearly 40. His, and when we lost our jobs after the Trump administration, which, you know, wasn't our doing, but it happened. <laughs> Thanks a lot, America. This is what you did. You created unemployment. Thanks yeah. a lot. Yeah, like literally all of our friends are getting unemployment checks, which is hilarious. Wow. But Good time. Beyonce's mom was like, you should be a JAG. You should join the army. Be a JAG. His brother was a JAG. Mm-hmm. His brother was 28. <laughs> 28. <laughs> <laughs> and she, goes, she like tells her like, you know, 39 year old son, like you should be a JAG. And he's like, mother, are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, as an age waiver, we can get through. It'll be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was like, no, I'm not doing that. No, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 a good thing. But honestly, like, what is grad school these days? Like, what is being a lawyer? Like, grad is school it money anymore? My master's was the easiest thing I ever did. What did you get a master's in? <laughs> Organizational leadership. You just write. It was like seven to 10 pages every week for, you know, I don't know, a year, eight months, whatever it was. It was the easiest thing. I would get up and just, oh, the assignment's due tomorrow. Well, I guess I'm going down to Starbucks. I'm just going to write all morning. And that's what I would do. It was easy because writing's always been easy for me. I can write all day. I can obviously talk too much. Uh, so, so that's the same thing. And uh, yeah, that's what, uh, that's what that was for me. And I'm just like, all right, well, got that. Now what? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would love to go back to school, but I don't want to take on that debt. You're 30. How about we talk about the army? Let's do this. Aren't you a military brat? You were, weren't you? <laughs> My dad would be so happy if How I about would. that reserve life. Let's go. You know, he, he, like my dad is like verbatim told me to my face, please join the reserves. Like, please yeah. join the reserves. But I'm like, why would I do that when I get USAA already? And I get. <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, all the I mean, I mean, just let them pay for your masters. That's all. You know. But uh, no, that's funny. Um, I think the GI Bill doesn't actually apply to my dad. No, not well. It would now if your dad would have joined now, because now if you go active, you can pass along your post nine eleven GI Bill to spouse and kids. Yeah. Uh, he, but no. like in April two thousand one. I mean, to be honest, the reserve GI Bill sucks. Unless you spend any time on active duty, then you can convert it over to the post 9-11, but still it's prorated. Um, but the tuition assistance is decent. It's hard to cover, hard to pay for a master's though, because those, those classes are just too expensive. Yeah. Um, and you're just going to go get it in like what? Journalism? <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> Do they even have master's in journalism? Is there like a math? Like what would the master's be? say not to knock anyone but if you got a master's in journalism why yeah like what would it be because don't you yeah at that point you got to start specializing something like what would you specialize in like trumpism or anti-trumpism who is a actual like good journalist like 90 percent of the time specialize in like foreign policy law yeah you know that nature like you're you didn't go to school for journalism 
Yeah, because I was going to say, like, I don't even know what that career path trends like. That's why I said, like, it, it, you, you made some pretty interesting stuff happen fairly quickly. So I feel like it all comes down to the right place, right time and connections and probably not sucking at your job helps too, right? Being normal. Yeah, I'm going to go back and start researching all like this rollout of the virus stuff that you did. I got to I gotta find out what you did. I'm going to go back to the White House summit. Were you on camera for any of this stuff? Or just, were you all behind the scenes putting together stuff? I was behind the scenes, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, we're I'm going to find it. You're on camera somewhere. We're going to find it. We're going to find it. Um, all right, so I want to get back to... You worked at the State Department, right? Yeah. Okay, what was, what was your role there? So I was a special assistant. So I was like literally the only besides one other person like the appointed like politically appointed person to mm. an secretary there so i was in the bureau of education and cultural affairs which is a you, have you ever heard of fulbright scholarship i no basically a state department u.s government sponsored scholarship so that it's like an exchange program so okay. like Americans go to some European country and some European country sends their students here and they like learn American values and basically the entire mission of the the department was or the uh, bureau was to influence American values onto colleges and universities. So <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's kind of a... See, like now we're about to get into it. <laughs> Cause I'm all for it. Great. Right. Let's, let's do that. But so two things. <laughs> Did you see that story today about, well, I think it came out a week or 10 days ago through red state or town hall, one of them, but now it's been confirmed by Newsmax or whoever. Anyway. Um, that, yeah. Like the U S has this top, Chinese counterintelligence official in their custody and he's given all this information and apparently so one of the things was apparently one third of Chinese students in this country are spies oh yeah so that was a big part of what we did which was like cracking down on these universities basically shelling out money to China to bring their students over here which at the end of the day 90% of their students were like I mean, that's not accurate, but like a lot of their students <laughs> buys for China. Like, that was like countering Chinese influence in universities was the mission of this administration in that bureau. So foreign universities or American universities? Say that again. How many Chinese students at American universities, which yeah. are shot in China, hmm. that are actually spying on us for China? And we just, we don't do anything about that? And, well, that's a, that's a crazy thing because these are universities. Like, how can you get the federal government, if they are private universities, then how can the federal government tax But if they, if the school receives federal funding, then you have an issue. Well, you bar admissions, I would assume, right? But then, then that would become a story like, oh my God, we're discriminating against... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, we're not discriminating. We're just trying to preserve the fucking country. <laughs> Many like stories coming out recently that are like Chinese 
you know, PhD profession or somebody who's like in the science department of some university like MIT or Harvard was basically like selling secrets to China. I just wonder how much we're doing though, you know, cause you always hear about what people are doing to us and I always just wonder like, what's going on? What are we doing? Cause we gotta be still doing something. It's not like we just stopped. That's, that's kind of the thing that my bureau is responsible for was like, what are we doing? Like, have you ever heard of Confucius Institutes? No, just see, you need to teach us stuff. Go ahead start teaching. So there's a thing like, so in US embassies across Europe and wherever we have an embassy, there's a thing called an American corner. So the American corner is where we would like do an influential area where people from the country can come in and like learn about America. Basically Confucius Institutes are the same thing here in the United States, but they're like at universities and colleges. And so we were trying to crack down, like Confucius Institutes were actually breeding grounds for the CCP. And so our deal was like, okay, we got to shut these things down and we have to stop university funding for this because what are we doing? We're just letting the CCP get away with their influence on our students here and there. And then all, oh, all, by the way, they're sending their students to the United States to like steal secrets and give them to China. Which could get into the larger larger conversation you're arguing about COVID and check it. Oh, well, go for it. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so God, what was it? Uh, a buddy of mine just sent, this was probably a week ago, and he sent it at like 11 o'clock at night on like a Saturday. And I was already like, I'd already had maybe enough that I needed to go to bed. <laughs> and so he sends this vice article. I don't know if you saw it about. I love uh, Vice. They do some really great reporting. The reporting. Yeah. But some of the others, oh my God. but anyway, so I can't remember what it was, but it was like this 13 chapter article. I don't even, it may be something, maybe called something different if it's got that many chapters in it, but like trying to tie down the origin, like the origin of the, the coronavirus the doctor, like this female doctor in China and who's like the head virologist or whatever, and just all this stuff tying everything back to Wuhan. And, and he sent it and I was like, oh, let me see what this is real quick. And I was like, the next thing I know, it was 13 chapters. It took me like an hour to fucking read. I was like, what am I doing right now? Why am I reading this? Why do I keep going? It was so long, but it was so well done. And I was like, how is this not like, Who's on every now? Everybody, everybody should be reporting it. Like, why is fucking Vice doing this? Like, there's a problem with that because it gets back into what we're talking about. Is like, oh, you get selective bias, right? When it comes to reporting, you get selective coverage. You go, well, look at what I just said. I mean, ten days ago they talked about this dude coming and defecting and getting into custody of the U.S. And oh, now we're gonna pay some attention to it because it's no longer a uh, a right wing conspiracy theory media outlet right now it's now it's acceptable uh, so but yeah and i go back to this vice article and i'm just like man the the dominoes just keep dropping every week on this the whole origination origin whatever i don't know the proper word i can't speak the origin of the wuhan lab and that i can't remember the term that they call for it where they study very specific things to see what it does and even that reading through that i'm just like you guys do this did you see the John Stewart and Colbert clip where John Stewart no. was like, 
oh, huh, this came out of a lab called the Wuhan coronavirus lab. Like he, John Stewart was like, this is coming out of a lab. Like, how are we sitting here and say, this came from a lab, like. Well, that was the other thing. Like they talk about this bat origin, right? Like these dudes, this group of men went into this rant. I don't know if it was a cave or something or a mine shaft and found these bats and went to retrieve like, samples for this new virus that they were trying to study and within like six months they were all fucking dead all these dudes were dead yes you have to i gotta find this vice article and send it to you like all these dudes were dead they all died collecting this stuff after the fact like they they did it they successfully collected this stuff and then they just gradually died like they got sick they died from this new coronavirus because the coronavirus like everyone keeps thinking like that's what we're doing like that's that's like a legit term like it's it's a it's real. Like they didn't just make it up for this one. Like there's a real thing called coronaviruses. Right. And they're all tied to bats for the most, I guess, whatever and whatever. So yeah, I'm just like, guys, this is not like some clickbait headline article where it's like three paragraphs of just bullshit. Like this is 13 chapters. Like I read a, f- I remember sending it cause of my mom, she's a retired nurse and, and she's been kind of very astute when it comes to all this shit in our, in our own country, at least for a while. Like, mm. <laughs> And they caught it and they were fine. And like, did you get it by the way? Not to ask. Let's have our own. Let's you on a secret. I had COVID. I got COVID this year. This year or last year? This year. This year. Oh, how, how was it for you? Um, so I never told anyone. I'm like, this is the first time I'm telling everyone. Um, I got COVID in February when I came out here in Texas for to interview for the job I have now. And it was Super Bowl weekend. And I think this is where I got it in the Delta Club Lounge. And that went up when I was like masked down, drunk, <laughs> whatever I'm doing. And like three days later, I just remember I had a phone call with um, a vendor for my wedding. And then literally as soon as I hit end, I went to the couch and I just like curled up and I was like, I'm sick. And then next thing I know that night, I had a fever of like 104. It was terrible. And then the next morning I woke up and barely, but I woke up and we were like, okay, let's go get COVID tested. Mm. There was a nice like free COVID test down the street and it tested positive. And then I had pretty much, it, 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 I didn't have like a sore throat or a stuffy nose or anything, but I was like just fever, shitty, sweating it out sort of thing. Um, I remember the one thing about having it was my eyeballs hurt which was the weirdest thing. So I was like watching Netflix and I had to like move my head literally because my eyeballs hurt so bad. Oh, wow. Damn. And I looked up and they were like, that's like one sure sign of COVID is your eyeballs hurt. Wow. And so, yeah, I had it and I lost my taste and I lost my smell like the last day and didn't get it back for like a month. And I think one thing that I have is the hair loss too. There's like a COVID hair loss thing. What? I didn't know that. Yeah. Shit. Okay. So you hit on a few things, right? So what month you said Super Bowl? So February this year, early February. All right. So I clearly have, if you haven't figured it out by now, I live in the Bay area, right? And uh, what's the hub to China, San Francisco, right? So last February, I was at a San Francisco Giants season ticket event in San Francisco in Orlando or on the field around tons of people. And this is where I think I, this is where I think I got it. So 
Very weird though, because I never got any of your. So back then, February of last year, the loss of smell and taste was not a symptom that they would test for. It was, it, it didn't fit any of the criteria, so like I couldn't get tested for it, right? Um, so anyway, there was, there's two. Um, that was that was early February, and then I remember going on this drive to Oregon, and when I got into Oregon, it was like seven, maybe five o'clock at night by seven. I felt like someone had dropped a fucking bomb on me. Like I couldn't function. I just had to go to bed and yeah. I woke up the next day and I was fine. But clearly that was the month. Cause then I made the drive back home. No, no flu. I didn't feel bad. No temperature, no, nothing, nothing like that. I get home. Um, this is like a week now after the giants season ticket event. And I'm out grilling. And, and one thing I do is I grill every night. And when I grill, I drink bourbon, right? And that's why I do it. And I remember I was out grilling and I went to drink the bourbon and I was like, what the fuck? I couldn't, <laughs> I didn't taste it. I was like, what yeah. the fuck is that? Like, this is weird. And I think nothing of it. I ate my steak and I was like, man, that was fucking weird. I didn't, I didn't taste that shit. I didn't taste anything. But... <laughs> And I, and I tell Maddie, my girl, I was like, you know, I'm like, babe, I don't know. Cause it says it say this is a sign or a symptom at the time. Like it wasn't. And she's like, maybe I'm like, and I tell my mom, my mom's like, oh yeah, you definitely got something. And I'm like, well, it's none of the signs and I'm trying to get tested and they won't test me because they say it's not a symptom. So this yeah. goes on for like, this goes on. Like you gotta understand, Teresa, I grill every night, if not every night, every other night. And I drink bourbon. I, I definitely drink bourbon every day. That's a good one. Yeah. It, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't taste it for like six days by day six. I was like, I was starting to get very irritable. I was like, this is fucking, what the fuck? I'm not doing this. Cause yeah. also that's so the other thing about me is like super healthy person. I don't get sick. Like I have a really great immune system. I'm, I'm the, I don't know what the, the DNA aligned for me and nobody else in my family. Everybody else is a fucking train wreck. I don't get sick ever. So me getting this, I was like, yeah. This I'm I'm guessing this is it. And by day seven, I was fine. Like I remember I was out. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go grill and I'm gonna go drink this bourbon. And I was like, oh shit, I can taste it again. What up? We're back. Back, right? So like it was like literally six days, couldn't taste anything, and I was fine. But I didn't have any other symptom. Now my girl, I thought she was straight up good. She was gonna die. She was she was bad. She's got a history of pneumonia, asthma. She always gets she was fucked like she was so far i didn't see her for a month and a half yeah i didn't see her for a month and a half and to this day she got it probably in march maybe through the middle of april march through the middle of april to this day her sense of taste and smell is still not fully returned what she is like and it's so bad because she's like her industry like she's in the wine industry she needs to be able to do these things and taste them like there's so many things to her that just taste completely rancid and wrong. Like coffee. She used to love to smell coffee. Now smells horrible. Meat smells horrible. There's so many things that her sense of smell still hasn't come back. And so I remember reading about this because there's a very small portion of the population. And do you, do you watch basketball or know basketball players? No. <laughs> no. Okay. So Rudy Gobert, if you go all the way back to like, I don't watch the shit either, but I, I know enough because I listen to sports talk radio too much. So Rudy Gobert, the Utah Jazz, last year in March, 
he made a joke. He's like, oh, we're all going to get COVID out of post game. He started rubbing microphones. He's like, oh, we're all going to get COVID. Like, cause no one to, and then uh, that yeah. fucking guy, like literally the next day he tested positive, right? He's from France. He's in the same situation, Like he still has none of his stuff's fully returned. Right. And so he's been seeing some sort of doctor in France. And this doctor has been able to deduce that like people like him and like my girl, some of these people's sense of smell is permanently been rewired in their brain. And there's no telling when it's going to come back. That's so scary because like, I remember like I got it in February this year after working on the vaccine and knowing what happened with COVID. I was like, all right, people lose their sense of smell and taste. Knowing that was going to happen to me is a weird feeling. Yeah. Oh, I was starting to feel it. And I was like, oh shit, this is happening to me. Oh my God. I I've got COVID. This is, I'm losing my sense of smell and taste and this is going to suck. So I looked it up and it was like, oh, okay, it's going to take about like on average 21 days, which did for me like three weeks. But the scary thing is like the long-term effects. So like I went to my hairdresser a month later and I was like, oh yeah, I had COVID. Don't worry about me. Like I'm immune. He goes, oh, but did you get the hair loss? I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, like 90% of my clients that have COVID got hair loss. And I was like, oh shit. That's what are you talking about? Yeah, I haven't heard this oh. I'm sitting here like pulling out hair all the time. And I'm like, oh my God, is this a COVID thing? Like, that's what's scary to me is like, I know too much about it and I know too little about it. Yeah. So it's just kind of. That's fair. I mean, like, did you get the, um, so I didn't, I never got this, but uh, uh, she's, she's got like everything you can possibly get. She's got right. So have you heard of like the, the Corona virus, like the brain fog? No. Okay. Where it's like, you're constantly in this mental state of fatigue. Like it doesn't take you a full day of work to just be like, okay, it's time to step away. It's like an hour in you're like, I just need to go to sleep. I just need to lay down. I just need to do something like, and that's, she's got that shit too. Like she runs two companies and she's in this constant state of like, like all of her energy and focus has to be mental. Right. And yeah. it's the same thing. Like within an hour, she's just like, I can't, and it still hasn't fully recovered. She's gotten better, but she's been dealing with this for over a year. So have you guys gotten the vaccine? Yeah. Well, she got it. Um, so military, uh, I wasn't going to get it until I realized I'm in the state of California. And I kind of have to, to do anything, right? So I go to Giants games all the time. My brother was coming up. And if I wanted to go to a Giants game with him, we have to present our little fucking vaccine card. So I went and got it. I got it in April. And uh, I had nothing. I had no reactions, nothing to it. She didn't either, which was, I was surprised. I was like, if, if anyone's going to have any reaction to it, I guess it would be her, right? And we were both fine, no reactions. Did you? I haven't gotten it yet. No? Okay. Yeah, I got the Moderna one. And she got Johnson and Johnson, I think, or no Pfizer. She got Pfizer. Yeah. 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 Are you going to get it? Or are you just kind of like, eh? Well, so I had it in February. So I'm like, yeah, so you're still pretty. Something. Yeah. I guess I'm immunity, but yeah. I think I'm going to get the Johnson and Johnson one. Yeah. So that was the other thing. So my parents, <laughs> these fuckers, it's been about almost a year in July. They went to, <laughs> They went like, we're, we're going to live our lives. And I was like, yeah, do it. And my brother's like, what are you doing? Stop. Like, cause he, the, <laughs> he's 
he's a little he's a little less risk adverse than I am. But so, yeah, they went on this fucking country travel last year and they got to Arizona and they could tie it down to where they think they got it. But so they definitely got it when they were in Arizona. They got yeah. back. Now, you got to understand. My girl and I, we were on vacation, kind of. It was local vacation last year. And my mom called and said, my dad's got it. And I was like, no way this dude survives. No way. Like, my dad almost died throughout his entire life since the age of two because of asthma. He's had multiple heart problems. Like, everything that could happen to someone happens to him. Like, he's that fucking immunocompromised. So when my mom told me that they got it and my dad had it, I'm like, I'm just sitting there preparing. Because my dad was already 71 at the time. Like, He's already outlived his own dad from heart failure and all this shit. I'm like, there's no way. If, if this is as bad as everyone's telling us, dude's going to be dead a few weeks. It's a matter of time. They just were tired for two weeks. That's it. They're fine. Both of them are fine. Like no, nothing. And I'm like, so when that happened, I was like, wait, wait a minute. What the fuck is going on? This doesn't make sense. You're trying to tell me the world's going to end. I got the guy in my family who if anything happens to him, he's got to be the first person to go. And he's fine. So what are, we, what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. And then like, so same thing, same with the virus first or the vaccine first shot he gets has to get hospitalized. Super fucking heart oh. rate, temperature, everything. Like, and, and my mom said throughout his life, and I, this is before I was born, obviously like he's always had reactions to vaccines. So it was kind of expected right. but still, you know, and then, you know, it took him a few days. He's in the hospital again. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, all right, I guess that now this is what's gonna it's not gonna be the coronavirus that takes him, it's gonna be the vaccine. Sure enough, he's fine. Gets the second one, he's good, there's no issues, he's fine. My dad's the most stubborn individual in the world, which is why I don't think God wants him to come up there yet, right? So <laughs> and he's also he still works out like a fucking nut. Like he's he's always been a health freak and a fitness freak, and he eats great. So I think that's the only thing that's kept him alive this well, but still. I don't know. Like I, I've got enough evidence in my family to be like, all right we got to worry about this, but then enough to be like, come on, man, right, you shut the fucking world down a year for this shit. Yeah. Especially California. So I'm yo, I went into a grocery store in a Starbucks yesterday with no mask for the first time. What up? California. That's crazy, though. I've been doing that since I got to Texas, which is <laughs> mask. Like, you know, we used to be like, Oh, do you have your, excuse me, do you have your mask? Do you have your mask? Now I'm like, when we go to the airport, we're like, oh shit, I forgot a mask because yeah. we're just like, it's not worth it anymore. I love how you have to wear a mask in the airport, but yet you're on a plane. So someone I know was like, oh, you, I, I just flew from so-and-so wherever X, Y, and Z to X, Y, and Z. And I didn't have to have to wear a mask. And I was like, oh. my airline. Yeah. Seriously, I want that one. Oh, I have Fauci stories I can tell you. Well, tell them. I'll tell you. Can we take a bathroom break? Yeah, let's. Hey, go take a bathroom break. I'm going to do it too. We'll be back in like two minutes. Go. Two minutes. All right.
All right, so this definitely works for the podcast version. So I'm just going to talk until Teresa gets back for our YouTube listeners as I pour another glass. But yo, I this is literally the first time that someone else on this show has decided to take a bathroom break with me. So this is this is a big deal. And she's pulling up now. Probably can't hear anything I'm saying, but I think it's great that uh, we finally have our first after, I don't know, 50 some episodes, we finally got our first bathroom break in dual bathroom break and she's hydrating with water so that's a very responsible individual Teresa davis ladies and gentlemen you should follow her on twitter i don't think she tweets much but she's there um i hope your audience finds this interesting i it's us how can they not no <laughs> youtube's hit or miss like sometimes like some episodes get like a thousand views and then some get like 10 but on the podcast like the podcast sites like apple and spot like that's pretty consistent there's a few hundred people on there so more than me will hear you so that's good i think it's <laughs> a podcast so but yeah um Fauci stories <laughs> game on i don't I actually i don't know as much as i think I do my fiance probably has better stories because like I said he was my he was my supervisor at the White House scandalous um that could be another podcast yeah he would there will be bourbon after dark no (laughs) actually I think would I think he should be your next guest because he's actually he used to be a stand-up comedian in New York City what oh shit yeah definitely I would I would love to talk to if he wants to do it yeah I'd definitely love to talk to him that'd be funny He's a pretty interesting person, but you know, um, I don't know. I feel like all of America, I, I feel like you would, are on on are on the same page as far as like Dr. Fauci is a fraud. Like he just goes back and forth on his opinions. And as we've seen in the email leaks, he's like, oh, masks don't really work. Of course they don't. I've been saying that oh, myself. How can it's he a feel- fucking piece of cloth. If I could breathe in it, I could breathe something in, right? Just on the surf. Come on. <laughs> like, sleep at night knowing he has influenced the entire world to believe that masks actually work because they don't, in my opinion. They're for stopping liquids. That's what is they it, stop. Is it liquid though? Like, I don't know. Is it preventing me from spreading it or is it well, droplets, right? Like everyone's always like, well, why do surgeons and nurses wear them? I'm like, because they don't want fucking blood in their mouth. That's what it stops. That's what it'll stop. All right. It's not going to stop fucking air that you're breathing, that you're exhaling, that may or may not have something in it. You're still right. going to breathe it in. It's air and it's right. a microcosm or a micro it's in the air. You can't fucking stop it unless you got some sort of crazy ass, whatever ventilator type mask. Thing that we use with oh, well, apparently two or three masks are better than oh yeah one. three masks so <laughs> it's funny that you say so i got two funny stories about fauci right so if you so one of the things i like to do is i like to drive now san francisco is not that far away from me but it is far enough for me where i was living last year to to drive to go to the city right and i remember i went it was probably may may have been around this time last year so i drive into san francisco and for the first time ever, there's literally no traffic to get in, right? All the toll booth workers are gone. They still haven't returned, which I think is great, but I feel bad for the toll workers. But like they figured out like, why do we have tolls? Just fucking mail everything to their house. Yeah. So I think that's a great thing. I also feel bad because, you know, 
that does affect like toll workers. I don't, I don't know what they're doing now. Um, right. I feel bad. I, I, I will never champion someone not having employment. Um, right. I do like not having to stop at the toll. So I drive straight through, I get into the city, I take the turn onto what the fuck is that? Is that, is it Bryant? I don't know. Anyway, you come down, there's this, you know, Embarcadero exit two C off or two B off of the, uh, the Bay bridge. You come down, you make a right. And all of a sudden, bam, the Bay bridge is staring at you in your face. Normally you're stuck behind a thousand fucking cars doing that process because it's traffic. It's normal. And I drive through and I'm like, Holy shit, there's not a soul here. There's not a, there's not a car on the street. There's nothing. And I just drive by and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just drive down over to the giant stadium to Oracle park, drive down there. I park, I get out. I just start walking around. Now, normally on a normal day in that part of San Francisco, there's thousands of people just walking around. Just it's, it's normal life. Right. And like, like central park type thing, like a park. No, this is along the water. So there's not a park like you're thinking, right. It's just, it's, it's, it's a, it's just this, huge i guess expanse of waterfront property right that goes all the way down the fisherman's wharf and all this stuff down to oracle park and then so it's probably a several mile walk but all these pier buildings and ferry buildings that run across the the bay so it's just a massive amount of waterfront area so people are always out running people are always out walking there's always tourism there's all this stuff it was a fucking ghost town there's nobody right nothing it was so weird. And so I walk up and down. I'm just walking up and down the street or whatever. And um, I'm taking pictures because I'm like, hey, these pictures are beautiful because I was there right at sunset. But it's also it was beautiful because there was no one in them. Right. So I'm, I'm literally having this opportunity to take these pictures where there's nobody. Yeah. You don't get that. on it. You can't do that. You can't do that today. And so I just remember just sitting there and just kind of like, all right, let me put the phone away for a little bit. And I'm just going to because I just want to take all the fa- all this in and just stare at the fact that there's nobody. And I just start walking the opposite direction. And all of a sudden I look up and I see up in this. So I can't remember where it's at. I mean, I know where it's at. I just can't remember the name of the street, but you look up into this building, it's probably on the fourth or fifth floor. And in huge letters all across these massive windows, there's a letter for every window and it spells out in Fauci, we trust. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And Fauci retrust. Um, so it's not just people on the right or whatever who are kind of have gotten to the point where they're over this dude. It's yeah, this this is getting out here because you know what's there now when you walk by? All that shit's been torn down. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. Like, and it was there up until about four months ago. Cause I was there in February. March ish. And it was there. It was still there. Still said voucher trust. Now it's been torn down. And then my funniest part is like, do you remember when this mother, when this guy Fauci was at, he was at the Washington's nationals game last yeah. year yeah. and he's just sitting there with no mask on. Okay. So <laughs> sorry about that. And I feel like my fiance has a, he can tell the story better because he was more intimately involved with this entire project. Long story short, the president always throws out the first pitch mm-hmm. at the beginning of the MLB season. The MLB promised it to President Trump, apparently, and was like, hey, you're going to throw out the first pitch. Apparently, the Nats, Nationals, and yep. DC yep. made a deal 
to go behind the MLB and the president to say, oh, Dr. Fauci is going to throw out the first pitch at the Nationals game, which was literally the first pitch of the season. And that became a huge point of controversy because it was like, wait a minute, they went behind the president, they went behind the MLB, like they just did their own thing. It was like, Fauci's going to throw out the first pitch. And here we are, Fauci throws out the first pitch last year for MLB. And it was like, bounce, like it was this terrible first pitch. And that's why the president held his own first pitch event at the White House. Because lo and behold, the Nats and Fauci are in bed together throwing out a first pitch. But anyways, my fiance tells the story better than I do because he was well, born. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll hear it next week. But yeah, like that just cracked me up because I was just sitting, I remember here, because like I'm in the the greater Bay area, right? I'm in North Bay, I'm in Napa. Um, and like, I can't do anything. And I got this fucking guy telling me every day that I need to be on a mask or all this shit. And this dude's just sitting in the fucking stands with nothing on. I'm like, <laughs> dude, <that's> you. <laughs> you gotta be shitting me. I'm in this like Facebook group for like, whatever, I'm in Frisco. So it's like a Frisco mom's, Facebook group. Don't judge me for it. Oh, wait, are you, are you a mom? Are you expecting? Huh? No. Oh, you just infiltrated a mom group. I just, I joined this mom group because I was like, I needed recommendations for a dentist and like <laughs> a, a Botox person, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. I joined this group and this lady goes, hi, hi fam. Like I'm very scared of still me and my family are very scared of going out in public. 15 months after this pandemic. And I was like, this is Texas. And you're telling me you haven't yeah. left the house. Like, Jesus Christ. It's so, <sighs> so uh, one thing I will say is uh, we were very proactive in this area uh, with, with anything that could be done to keep places open. Right. Yeah. Napa, especially um, like is Napa open. Is Napa open? Oh yeah. Like I live in, like I'm in downtown Napa, essentially. Like, I walks all that stuff downtown. It's open now. Yeah. Everything's back. Wineries are back to, I think well, they were at 25% up until the 15th and it's at 50. So I think everything's about as, as open as it can get. And it's just getting more and more, but the, the wineries have been open since at least fucking March, February, March. Um, so everything's coming back, but my thing was this, what I've noticed here is like all these places, they did, they did everything and anything they could do to stay open, you know? And I have all these pictures of just like some of the dumb shit that was allowed to be considered open and not open in the state of California. Right? Like, so I go to downtown Napa, there, there's a couple of restaurants we always frequent. So one of them was like, Oh, you can't have indoor seating. Right. But outdoors fine. Okay. So here's what they would do for the outdoor. If they didn't have it, they created it by having a fucking enclosed, like temporary tent like structure. Yeah. Which costs them probably like 1500, 2000. Forget that. Never mind. Like they literally closed an entire street just so these restaurants could move their stuff outside and put these tents up. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. my whole thing was like, it's a fucking enclosed tent. How's that any different from sitting yeah. inside the fucking restaurant? Right? <laughs> oh my God. And then so, so Maddie, like I told you, she's a, she's partnering this wine label. So she has a friend who has a, uh, a, 
a champagne and, and bubbly bar you would love to visit. If you're ever in Napa, let me know so we can get you there. Uh, but anyway, so she had to, you know, some of the shit she had to do to stay open, like putting up same thing outside. But then when they made it a clear to have a few people inside before they shut down for a second time in December, she had this like walk-in instant thermometer slash sanitation thing that would like mist you with sanitation spray so you're sanitized instantly but then also you got your temperature yeah like you know how you go through tsa security at there but yeah you would get like sprayed with sanitizer and it would also take your temperature and i was like how much did this fucking cost because that's not like something you can go to walmart and just pick one up and install it right (laughs) i'm like you gotta be kidding me and i remember talking to maddie i'm like Okay, so your friend is like struggling, straight struggle. Like, cause she had, she literally opened this place just before COVID hit. And now she's doing everything she can to stay open. So she was already like, this isn't easy to stay open, right? And she's doing great now, now that things are back. But still, I'm just like, how much money has she fucking wasted on this dumbass COVID shit just to stay open? And then meanwhile, our fucking governor uh. is like, a few miles away, just fucking living it up at the French Laundry. Like, it's like, like, bro, you're right down the street. I know where you're at, you fuck. I know that. <laughs> I'm like, I think it just cracks me up. Like, this, the, the audacity of people in the social media age to think they're going to get, and he's not the only one. Like, this has gone over all over the country. Like, you have all these people saying one thing and then doing the exact opposite. And it's like, it goes all the way back to everything we talked about from the start. These fucking guys. Well, okay. So, what do you think about Caitlyn Jenner? Well, what's funny about Caitlyn Jenner is a number one, this is not a serious state. But number two, (laughs) but number two, she literally has said everything that President Trump said. There's not a difference. Like, yeah, it's the same thing. Because they're cut from the same cloth, essentially. The reality TV show cloth. And I, I, you know what? Like, I feel, I don't think, obviously, what's that? It's not a disadvantage, obviously, like to be. No, like she, like the, the best thing that she has going for is that she's not a Democrat because yeah, there's a massive platform with the Kardashians and the fact that she's willing to be still a conservative voice. Great. All for it. My problem is I go back to the first part where we're not a serious state. It's like, why the fuck is Caitlyn Jenner running for government? <laughs> like, why? Like, you know, there's, there's legit candidates in this state, like Major Williams. Have you heard of Major Williams? No, I haven't. No. Look at Major Williams, right? African-American, family man. I'm pretty sure he had military service. I feel like he did. If not, anyway, he ran yeah. for mayor in down in like Southern California. He's trying to yeah. run for governor again. Like, the man is married with these two kids, literally the most beautiful fucking family I've ever seen in my life. Like, and he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, the dude fits every category you would want. Yeah. But he's a Republican. So no, we can't take him serious. Like, you know what I mean? But yeah. like amazing individual, like look up major Williams after we get off this, like he, he's, he's fucking incredible. Great. And, and he's a great spokesman for every fucking actual view that you want articulated. He can do it. 
great. Like I said, come back to the family, all great human being, but yeah, wrong letter next to his name in this state. Um, but there's, there's people like him and then others. And I'm just like, this is who gets the attention regardless of whether Caitlyn Jenner saying stuff that we, you and I both think, or other people, it's like, really, that's where we're at. That's where we're at in California. You have the opportunity to unseat one of the most corrupt individuals since the dawn of his fucking political career, going all the way back to his time as mayor of San Francisco, how this fucker keeps surviving makes no sense to me. And you know what the Republicans are going to do? Hey, let's roll out Caitlyn Jenner. That'll do it. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. Like this guy, I'm sorry. Like, I know who his family relationships are, but when you're the type of human being who will sleep with your best friend's wife, <laughs> when you had just been elected to, you're the mayor of San Francisco. You're not the mayor of fucking like podunk wherever in the middle of nowhere in the country. You're mayor of one of the largest cities in the country. You, that's, that's your scandal. And somehow because you have the right letter next to your name, you survive that and you, you progress, you get to become the fucking governor. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You're a horrible human being. That's I don't care what party you are. If you your best friend's wife, I'm. But I will. Because that's what I'm doing. I I just I can't. I'm sorry. Like I. Regardless of that, I'm like my friends that live in California still living through this shit. I'm like. It must suck. Like I came to Texas from DC being like, wow, it's open. And even I grew up in Georgia. My my folks are in Georgia. I go to Georgia and we're like, okay, put on a mask. Like I feel like California is still a bastion of like, I'm scared. Put on my mask. Wear my club. Like, yeah. Well, like, you know what? Off limits right now. Like you can't go there. So uh, I, I told you about the Giants games. I've been to five of them now. Um, this last one was the first time I wasn't like accosted for not having a mask on in the, th- in the stadium. So someone so, have someone like stop you for it. Oh, no? oh yeah. So Maddie and I, my girlfriend's name is Maddie. So Maddie and I went over Memorial day weekend. We went to a game. I think it was that Monday. I think it was, it was Memorial day. Yeah, it was Memorial day. Duh. My fucking unit sitting there doing the, the color guard. Yeah. It was Memorial day. I'm very in touch. Uh, so Yeah. <clears throat> And I always get tickets inside the, the club lounge, right? Because I like it. It's, it's, it's enclosed. It's away from people. Everything's AC in terms of like concessions, bathrooms, and then you're out under a covered area. It's perfect. It's the greatest place to s- spend your time watching a game. So we had just come up into the lounge. We both have beers in our hand. Both got our mask on. And some fucking usher stops me. And he's like, hey, I just want you to know, like throughout this area, you need to have your mask on, sir. And I'm like, my mask's on. What are you talking about? He's like, Oh no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to single you out. I just want you to be informed of the process. And I'm like, Oh, that's fucking mask. I'm like, I'm like, my fucking mask is on. Leave me alone. And Maddie's like, like, cause she could sense where this is going. She knows the type of guy I am. (laughs) She's like, and I'm like, Babe, did I miss something? Like literally the whole time walk, walk, I'm like, did, did I miss something? Did in the lapse of like, did, did my mask disappear? What happened? And she's like, no, no, you're fine. But come on, let's just go. I'm like, what the? And so, yeah, like the best part, the first game we went to was probably back in 
Yeah, it was in April, probably the first week of April, last week of March. So we're sitting in our section then at the time. And this fucking usher, he just kept coming up and he would be like, and he would hold his little sign up that says, put your mask on. And then he would, then he would proceed to stand behind us with no mask on and just talk to his fucking fellow arts or, you know, usher buddy. I'm like, y'all got, cause like, if you weren't actively chewing food or drinking, you had to have a mask on. And I'm just like, I swear to God, bro, if you come over here one more fucking time, I'm going to throw you out on the field. That's what I'm going to do. So my top <laughs> that is literally, and this, my parents hate me for saying this. I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> my God. So yeah, like, so I was just at the game Thursday and yeah. Cause so the state of California opened up on the 15th and this was, what's that? June 15th. Yeah, June 15th. And so uh, what's today? Yeah, so Thursday would have been the 16th. So yeah, like they were still like all the ushers and all are wearing masks, but it was like, it was kind of like a don't ask, don't tell type of thing. It's like, if you want to wear your mask, great, do it. But if you don't, whatever. And I have one. Like I got to, I live in California. I got to carry a fucking mask with me just in case someone wants to be like, put your mask on, sir. And I'm going to be like, I'm out. I didn't wear it at all that night. I went up to all the concessions, everything. Nobody told me to put it on. Nobody did anything, even though it still said like, if you're going to be like the state of California, I guess their rules are uh, schools, mental or hospital facilities, homeless encampments, churches, and outdoor events with five or more than 10,000 people, essentially baseball sporting events, right? You have to have a mask on still. Well, they didn't say anything. Well, so speaking of people who are like, okay, let's, let's just implement it because whatever. Like, so my fiance and I were supposed to get married in September of this year in DC. Vegas. Sure, our venue canceled on us. Vegas, <laughs> what up? <laughs> exactly, we're at the point, we're like, we're gonna go to Vegas. Um, but last month, Meryl Bowser in DC was like, okay, you can have 250 people at your wedding indoors, but you can't stand or dance. <laughs> because, oh, no. What's that Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. Literally. They go, oh, you can have 5,000 people at the, at the Nats game. Because, oh, and by the way, every company has to send a letter to the mayor for permission <laughs> such and such many people i'm serious they have to send a letter to you we want to have this many people in our you know you know event because x y and z and we're going to prevent covid spreading because x y and z like so the nat can have five thousand people and my wedding can have 250 people <laughs> i can't stand or dance no there will be no getting down for the get down it's there's no science behind this. This is just absolute stupidity. Yeah. And I hate to say it, but I'm just going to really like, we're, we're, we're getting to the point, especially with all of this stuff starting to come back and to, to circle back to the whole Wuhan thing. It's like, we're getting to the point where people are going to realize that, you know what, this all was done because they didn't like the guy who was president. Yep. <clears throat> yep. And you know, I feel like the last election was a lot like, 
looking at Georgia, for example, I feel like there's a lot of the suburban vote that was like the lesser of two evils, Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. Joe Biden's like my grandpa who's very nice. So I'm going to vote for him. I don't think Joe Biden's nice though. Well, I mean, but it's like just- they're the same dude. Him and Trump are the same guy. They say the same shit. No, Joe Biden's just like, where am I today? Yeah, well, that, that's now. Like, hold on. Okay. No, I, I, cause I want you to make your point. So here was my thing with, with president Biden, right? I don't know if you remember this and I don't know if you were even paying attention back then, but do you remember the vice presidential debate in 2012 where it was Joe Biden and, and Paul Ryan? I do. Yeah, I do. That was a fucking, that was a, that was a fucking massacre. Like Joe Biden destroyed Joe Biden destroyed. I felt so bad for Paul Ryan that day. That was the sharp Joe Biden. That is not the same guy who's president right now. Very fair. Yes. I, I, I'm it's all coming back to me, but yes, I'm yes. I, 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 uh, cause I thought that was, I thought it was a solid choice for Romney. Like he had to do something, but I was just like, I, I remember watching that and feeling bad for Paul Ryan. Like it, it, I felt like I, I felt like Paul Ryan for the first time was checked by someone who just had, he had an answer for everything. He knew how to speak and there was nothing that Paul Ryan could say that was going to Trump for a lack of a better word, what Biden would respond with. But the only thing about that is like that was the old day of politics. Like I feel like that was like yes, that was the last year. That was it. it That was it. That was the last. No, you're right. That was the last year. Like it. We're in this whole new era of stuff now. Where it. It's a weird game we're playing right now. Yeah. Like after that, the Republican Party said, "Fuck this. We got to be better. Let's just move on from this." And. And then what happened to Ryan? What did Paul Ryan do? He 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 left. He retired. He's on the corporation of Fox now. I'm not sure what he does today. I don't know. He spent 20 years in Congress. I know that. Yeah. Eh, he's good. He's good. I mean, he was. He oh, was I know he's good. Don't get, I'm not saying like, like Paul Ryan needs our sympathy. I mean, he was embarrassed on the fucking he national. At Tortilla Coast. On the what? Tortilla Coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just remember. And, and, and that's why like, look. Even going back to that time, because that was the year where Paul Ryan's like, or not Paul Ryan. Uh, I can't even. It's not. This is where we get after about two hours. <laughs> Honestly, we can keep going. Whatever you. Want yeah. No, we're gonna keep going unless you need to. Do you need to go? Does does the does the fiance need you? No. Okay, that's good. In Frisco, Texas. What are we gonna do? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea what's there. I just know you're north of Dallas. Uh, but. <laughs> So no, President Biden at the time, Vice President Biden, that was, I think that was the year where he said, he, he said, Republicans were going to put you to the, to, to black Americans are going to put you back in, Republicans are going to put you back in chains. Like that was the year he said that. Yes, I remember this. Yes. yes. And, and so that's my point. Like, regardless of the extreme, regardless of what letter it is next to your name, like all of them are saying, same. like Biden was the same dude as Trump. He just has a different letter next to his name. Like he's the same guy. He likes confrontation. He doesn't mind fucking saying shit off the cuff. And now he's just at a point though, unfortunately, where he's not as sharp. He's not as sharp. Exactly. And that's my, and and you know what? It's not, I'm not attacking the dude. Like my grandfather just passed at 88. My grandma just turned 89. Like, I'm sorry. 
the conversations are not the same as when they were 68 and 69. You know what I mean? It's not an attack on them. Like this is like the reality of just getting old. Right. Right. It, Look, I love the ice cream thing. Like on my, when I worked on Capitol Hill, I had a picture of Joe Biden with his ice cream and aviators. And I was like, I feel like that's pretty badass. Like, yeah. <laughs> again when you see him on the stage and at the podium he's just like uh, and i'm like that is just i feel bad and especially with his family's problems yeah. look ashley she's a hot girl ashley's a hot girl and i'm like where the fuck does she come from and she's got like a fucking fashion line and all this shit like great person but also Hunter was like screwing your other son's wife and all this stuff that's happening. It's a weird thing, man. Yeah, I just feel like at that point in your life, when you're old, you have, you know, your wife. Delaware's a great place. Like I've been there several times, and at that point in your life, why do you want to risk it? That's all I have to say about that. So, do you think anything? Because this goes back to the China. Apparently, this. Chinese defector with the Hunter Biden laptop. You think anything's there? Is anyone going to care? Or is this just more like... Yeah, they should care. And I feel like everything comes up... Listen, every morning I wake up and I open the Daily Mail and I see something <laughs> great. Now, do I know if the Daily Mail is very well sourced? I don't know. But um, they seem to be very well sourced. And... That's the British company paper, right? Yeah. Okay. Before you go any further, is it just me or does it seem like the foreign news sources cover our country better than our own at this point? At this point, yes. Yeah. Because you're right. No, Daily Mail, I've always watched, I've always followed them. They're eating up the fact that like our press corps is so biased. They're like, all right, I'm going to just take over that. You know but yeah. And so getting, well, okay. So, let me let me have you finish the Hunter Biden, I guess, point first. Like, you think that's going to lead to anything? Like, I mean, what? Because it, it requires people other than, you know, the right wing media outlets to, to cover this stuff or else no one's going to fucking care. How do they not see? Like, literally, there are legitimate pictures. I don't know how you can argue against them. A Hunter Biden. <laughs> crack pipe <laughs> like, I'm in bed just being like oh and recently the whole like I don't want yellow whatever. yeah I read that this morning like, bro the dude's clearly dealing in human trafficking like like how else do you describe that conversation I don't know but screwing your your brother's wife is enough I have more questions about the wife than him on that one though fair <laughs> Like we get it. Like Hunter's a fucked up individual. Like, all right, but like, what are you doing? Excuse me, young lady. I need you to get on the podcast. We have to talk. (laughs) Well, I guess the conclusion at the end of this is like the wife or the the sister, Ashley. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. Ignore your brothers. (laughs) Succeed because that's a little weird. It's a little weird. Yeah. It's just, and that's why I said, like, if this would, can you imagine if this was Trump's family? But that's what drives me insane because everyone in the media was like, oh, Ivanka and Jared are very corrupt. And I'm like, 
these are people who are actually working with the administration. They're trying to do good work and they don't have the kind of same problems that the Biden family has. So I'm like, it's, it's a weird. completely different situation. It all comes back to the letter next to your name. Yeah. Run for office accordingly. But what is, what is a good letter anymore? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying, um, Someone great that's running is Joe Kent out in Washington's third district in Washington state. You know about this. Oh, Joe Kent is my dog. That's my homie, man. I love that dude. He's a great guy. And I, I'm so happy to see him actually like getting traction and taking off. Like our group chat is amazing. Like <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's a good time. What with Joe in it, it's just, it's always funny. Cause like he always talks about how we keep him grounded and it's just, I'm just like, we're watching him take off into like the national level where it's great. He, cause he deserves it. Like that, that dude's credibility is un, unmatched. That's why I'm like, I cannot wait to watch a debate with another candidate. I'm like, please tell me how you're going to attack Joe Kent. What are you going to say to him? Oh, you're, you're a great family, man. You, you fought for your country. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, I got, so I got engaged. On so my birthday is Labor Day weekend always is September 3rd. So I got engaged that weekend. And that was the weekend after the Atlantic story came out. And so the one thing I will remember about my engagement weekend is my fiance and I were sitting at the pool and we were reeling about the Atlantic story being like, who leaked this? Like, who is the leaker of this entire story? I won't name names, but we have our hypothesis about it. Um, and so we're sitting by the pool and Joe Kent puts out that story on NBC, his op-ed about his wife. And we read it and we were just so compelled by it being like, President Trump is not this person yeah. where he's totally dismissing our troops. Like he's not going to the beaches of Normandy to celebrate the 75th anniversary of D-Day to say F you to the troops. Like that's, who would do that, right? Like it doesn't matter how effed up you are you're not going to do that because it was such a great sacrifice by the Americans. And so we read this op-ed and the way Joe Kent presented it and was like, President Trump was just so personal to me after my, my wife passed away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was so compelled by that. And we would never forget that. And, and regardless of the fact that we like, we're like, okay, this is a great guy. And then Simone Ladine, who I worked with at the Pentagon was like, hey, my friend is running for um, this seat in Washington. And I was like, oh wait, this is the same guy. That sort of compassion just resonated with us so much. And I was like, this is a guy who really understands what it means to be a service member. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, really understands a military uh, spouse. And his fucking wife was incredible. Like his wife is everything that we need in terms of representation of females in our service. Yeah. Right? Because uh, I don't know if you follow like the, the, the train wreck that is the, the army combat fitness test, the ACFT on Twitter is just like, it's a fucking nightmare. Like this new physical fitness test we're doing in the army. And most of it centers around like, because they took away age and gender standards and it's supposed to be centralized, right? Like everyone has to do the same thing. It's like, oh, how are females supposed to do the leg tuck? And it's like, God, like, it's not about 
whether everyone can do something. It's about holding people to a standard and you need to meet that standard. And if you can't, then you don't fucking belong. And <clears throat> that's the reality of the world. But is, is it a standard versus like the mission, right? Like if you don't believe in the mission, if you don't believe in the, the actual, like this is what we're working for. That's where I get worried is like, are people in their sense of like the mission? Well, um, I think that would be a more of a conversation for you and I to have when it's not recording, but I get, I get where you're coming from. Um, I said, no, to go, to go back. So like, you know, we've had this, um, this group chat for almost probably a fucking year and a half with Joe. And it's just like, all of us have kind of talked about like, look, there comes a time where you need to just stop fucking complaining about shit and go like, go, Go, go fucking run, go do something, go do something. And he never said anything, man, until it was like, Hey guys, just want you to know I'm, I'm running for office. And we're like, what? Fucking Joe. Oh shit. Joe's doing it. Like he's like, and that was uh, like, that was the, that was the best takeaway. Cause there's so like, Joe's just one guy and he's got a great story. And I feel like he's infallible in terms of a candidate. Uh, but there's like, there's some other dudes in this chat. If they would just take the fucking step to go forward. I think we could really get a good movement going on. And, um, but he's one of them. And I just, man, I, I, every spare dollar I get, I just throw it to his campaign. And I can't wait to wear his fucking campaign shirt in Vegas at the UFC uh, fight between uh, McGregor and Poirier part three, Joe Kent for Congress, please watch UFC 264. I think it is. Uh, but then I have a CrossFit event coming up where I'm going to cut the sleeves off as Joe's recommendation. And I'm going to wear the Joe Kent for Congress shirt while I work out for this contest, this competition. It's going to be great. Fucking. Uh, We're happy to help in Texas. I think there's a lot of people who would be behind that here. Um, I work with a bunch of former Navy SEALs. I work with a bunch of special ops guys. Have all the Navy SEALs you worked with, have they all written books? No. So, okay. There's That's actually the joke. That's the Navy SEAL joke, by the way. So I'm learning. <laughs> Listen, I grew up. They all write books. I worked at the Pentagon. I worked at these. <laughs> so I worked at this company. It was a bunch of SEALs and a bunch of special ops guys. And there's one that I work with. Great guy. He was arrested in the Ukraine. Nice. <laughs> Might hate me for this, but uh, Dan Corbett, great guy. He got arrested in the Ukraine for a year and a half. He was a pawn for whatever was happening. 12 by 12 cell, right? He's like, I was in a 12 by 12 cell and I had to make up my workouts while I was there. And uh, he's got this great workout system. We're like, oh, you should publish a book. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. So anyways. Give it time. Give it time. <laughs> Great guy. I'll have him on your podcast soon enough. Yeah. Hey. Um yeah, so the, the the running joke for seals is that they all they all write books eventually. Oh, but I just had the guy who has not written a book, Drew Drew Mullins, retired seal after twenty three years, no books, no books written yet. He should write one. That guy's done a lot of crazy shit. Um, you know, I'm grateful for those dudes, and I know it's funny that we make I make fun of it for the fact that they write books, but cool stories, you know. Thing like for some guys, they're like, oh. Some people want to write books. Some people don't. And I'm not going to do it. My book would be so underwhelming. You'd be like, what did I just read? I think just... your book. <laughs> I could write a good book, but if I wrote an honest book, it would be a little different. Yeah. So 
Uh, no, I don't want to write a book. I've been, I've been toying with the idea of writing this. Um, I want to write like a, like a, like a, a series, like whatever, an HBO series, whatever it is. But it was, it all centers around my time in drill sergeant school because those nine weeks were literally the funniest nine weeks of my life. And it would, it would be fucking funny. It would be hilarious. I mean, it is. I just haven't done it yet. No, I've been talking about this since literally. Fuck, graduated drill sergeant school in 2008. Been talking about it since then. It's 2021. Made Where? a lot of progress. Huh? Where? Where? Fort Jackson. South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. It was a great time. You should have been there. <laughs> Maybe I'll write something about it one day. <laughs> oh, that's so crazy okay joe ken all right we got to get behind him he's a, he's a good guy. yeah you should jay joe ken for congress i believe that's the website um no he's a great he's a great dude and I, I had him on the podcast before he cut his hair so if you go back into the uh into the archives you can see joe kent before he was a candidate yeah. and he was looking like you know fucking What's that dude? Is that Chris Cornell from Soundgarden back in the day with the long ass fucking Joe's got amazing hair. And he, I, he's like, <clears throat> all of us told him like, no, don't cut your hair. Don't do that. Don't man be authentic. And he's like, no, he cut his hair. I get it. Besides getting engaged. The only other thing I remembered from that weekend was reading Joe Ken's piece about his wife. And it's incredible, right? Old star spouse. Yeah. Even like if you go, uh, did you ever read the Washington Post article about his wife when she actually like the one like right after her death? No, I didn't. Yeah. So just Google that. Google the Washington Post article about it because they did a really good article on it. Like that woman was a fucking rock star, man. Like she was crazy. Like she was insane. The shit she did and like how she put herself back into the position to go, unfortunately, get what ended up happening to her. But she shouldn't have been there based on regulations, but that fucking woman fought to be like, look, this is what I've done. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I want to do. Y'all need to fucking put me there. Cause she was so obviously overqualified for the fucking position, but she went and did it and <laughs> fought to go back to it. And then like, man, like it, it fucking breaks my heart. Like he posted a picture. I think it was on Memorial day. Um, Cause they have two sons together <clears throat> and their one son, the youngest the fucking laughter and joy on that little dude's face, like as them as a family, like I have no idea what those kids are going to grow up and experience, you know, yeah. without their mom there. And I know Joe will do everything he can to keep their memory alive, but still it's like, man, they got a great, at least they still have Joe. Like <clears throat> that's a great dad to have, but man, I was looking at those guys. I'm like, that's the, and I remember talking about Joe with this on a podcast. I'm like, you do know, just the DNA involved between you and Shannon and like your two boys, like you're literally raising like modern day Conans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. These, like yeah. Alexander the Great, something like you, like yeah. between you and your wife, like because Joe's fucking career got oh, like his campaign, like his initial video where he announces his candidacy for Congress. He's got this time of him, like on, I think he's on like some sort of machine gun in Iraq and he's like looking behind him and he's got this mustache and he's chewing gum in the middle of this fucking firefight. He's just like, <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of his video for announcing his candidacy. I'm like, Joe, we're all like, Joe, this is the greatest video ever. Bring back the mustache. But I'm like, yeah, like this dude who was SF Green Beret, 11 combat deployments, and then your wife, who's like the first everything when it comes to the special operations community, 
and you have two sons. Like, we're good. We just put those fuckers in the military going forward and we're fine. <laughs> we're going to be able to win any conflict going forward. We got the greatest like next generation coming up, but yeah. It's, it's tough. I mean, those are the Kent boys. Yeah. And it, it's just, those are the people you wish we had more of, right? Well, we have plenty of them, unfortunately, Teresa, but you know what? Most of them don't want to, most of them don't want to risk it <clears throat> or they don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're so unfortunately, like, you know, yeah, I say this. Um, Joe's been fortunate because Joe's been through so much shit, obviously, A, just of the loss of his wife, but, you know, 11 deployments. But there's so many men and women who've gone through multiple deployments or just even even if it was one, just depending on what you went through, like so many people just they can't. They can't like these fucking forever wars were ridiculous. And it's one of the things I hate the most. Like I literally dropped out of college because of nine 11 to join the army. And I was in Iraq very shortly after, and I fell in love with the army then. And and I've been all over, I've been 21 fucking countries with the army. I went to Afghanistan in 2013. Like I, I, I've seen so much courtesy of the military and the army. And it's just like, now it's all, unfortunately, it's just like, what the fuck did we just do all that for? And, and there's so many people who are my age or in that era who are just having the same sentiment. And it's really hard for people to get behind. Like we just had this, this vote on the, the revocation of the, the, the authorization for use of military force from 2000, what was it, 2002, I think? That just wasn't kind of... I mean, it, yeah, 2002, 2003. Yeah. That was one thing I will say that I learned a lot from the Hill was my, my boss was very against like, look, we can't reauthorize an AMF that was authorized for 2001, 2002. And here we are 12 years later, the standards aren't the same. And so I feel like in a way I'm like, yeah, we, this same AUMF doesn't apply today. And then the the same stance in the sense is like, okay, here we are in Afghanistan. We're, We're going to pull the troops out after 20 plus years being in the region. How do we do this the right way? That's the question at the end of the day. And one thing I've really focused on this week was like, okay, the, the Biden administration is like, okay, we're gonna just pull everything out and let the Taliban US uh, 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 talks just sit to the side. We're just gonna pull them out. But at the, at the, at the end of the day, we have to have a contingency plan for like 1,000 to 1,500 troops at the, uh, on the ground to make sure we have a smooth transition in Afghanistan. But the AOMF in Iraq and Iran is like, what do you do with that? Well, I mean, because <clears throat> I am curious. So I, I, I don't have your, your personal insight, but you also, you don't have mine. So that's why I think this is good because my question to you, like if you and I were just fucking, we're sitting out at a fucking bar and we start up this conversation about Afghanistan, I'd be like, you, based on what you just said, like we need to have this troop number or tally for a, a transition or other my question to you would be why why for what i, I just feel like you can't pick up and leave right like there has to be a contingency plan you know why i asked you why not and this is what i would follow it up with it's like so when i was there i was there 2013 2014 and we were uh the start of operation drumbeat are you familiar with that no okay so operation drumbeat what it was was 
it was all about getting rolling stock out of Afghanistan. So the way the military classifies rolling stock is, oh, hello, anything with wheels, that's rolling stock, right? So we're, our whole mission was to get all that stuff out of country. Anything with wheels in the country we had to get out, right? So you had the port of Karachi in Pakistan, right? Which you can only use for certain times of the year because of the winter. Um, and then you had to either use the port or you had to fly everything out. Now, what a lot of people don't realize is, and I'm not saying anything that's not known or, or not fucking classified or whatever, but um, so our biggest transport plane can hold about eight MRAPs. Okay. We would contract with Russia because Russia could fly with their biggest cargo plane and they could hold 20. 20. Okay. You can look this fucking massive thing up on Google and watch this thing fly. It's it makes no sense. It's entirely like I'm talking about the C5 Galaxy for the fucking the army and the air force. Big ass fucking plane holds about 8 MRAPs. You look at that thing that the Russians fly with 20 and we're contracting with like and so that's how we got everything out of the country. But I go back to I'm like fucking seven years ago we're still there what are we doing and i'm just over it and you know i'm just over it like i said I, i've spent um yeah i got 19 years in at this point uh i don't know man like i've been all about ending these fucking forever wars because i i i and, and you know there's a part of me that watches like the new generation come up and all they want to do is they, they want their trigger time they want to get overseas they want to do great things for the country they want to fucking kill the taliban and all this shit I'm like, like, here get me into the desert <laughs> yeah yeah and i'm like man i love that your spirit's there but also at the same time i'm like why what the fuck do they need to go do that for for nine months to a year why what does it do i mean it's worth it if it's like two, three months, but nine months is stretching it. Now you see you get in that two to three month thing. You're talking about an air force deployment. Fair <laughs> <laughs> stance. Was your dad in the air force? Air force reserves. Why do we have that? Why do we have it? Well, the reserves for anything is usually support, support elements, right? Okay. Every so have had in the political sphere has been Air Force Reserve. Air Force Reserve. Like, oh, I need to do my reserve time. I go doing what? Well, what's his name? What's the the fucking the the senator for the the main God? What's that guy's name? South Carolina Republican senator. Ran for president. No, Mark Walker. No, no, no. Lindsey Graham. He's a retired Air Force Colonel Reserves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no like so you, most of your reserve forces especially it's, it's all support elements and that's what most of them are right so there's just not enough people on active duty doing the things that the reserves do to carry do, out those functions reserves actually serve a point though i just told you they do all the logistics they do everything that's revolves that resolves around support like your logistics, your uh, your human resources, your military police, your your uh, your fucking your JAG, like you know you're gonna your husband's gonna be or your soon to be husband's gonna be JAG. All that stuff, those those things are centered in the reserves. Now I don't know about the Air Force. I can't say I can just tell you what the Army is, but all your support elements, the things that the active duty doesn't have enough people doing, it's all 
stocked in the reserves. There's 207,000 reserve soldiers in the army. That's all they do is support. Is, is the air force reserves under the army? Is that super- no, the air force is under the air force. Yeah, exactly. I'm like they split off after world war two. Like remember it used to be the department of the, no, the- say, say all that again. Cause you cut out. What was it? I was going to say, I would do the Army Reserves in a heartbeat over Air Force Reserves. Yeah. Why would you ever want to be in the Air Force, Teresa? And if you say that you ever, like, if you ever hit me up and you're like, hey, I just enlisted in the Air Force Reserve, I will block you. (laughs) (laughs) My dad was like, you should join the Navy Reserves. I will block you again. We're one team. We're we're Army. Wait, what was your dad? Was he? He was Army. Okay. Army Signal Corps. Okay, cool. Yeah. So if you join the army, I won't block you. <clears throat> Any other branch? This is it. This is the only time when you know I will talk. I'll do army. Army is. Yeah. yeah. What's up? <laughs> I'll, I'll hit you up after this. No. <laughs> no. Um, recruiting. What's that? You get a bonus for recruiting. I don't get any. I wish I did. I'd be so good. I mean, well, no, I'd be better. I was already good enough, but no, I'd be better if I made money. So the, what's weird is the army actually had this random bonus thing that they gave to recruiters. And of course, like everything, they, they, it creates corruption, right? But it was probably, it was post 9-11. I want to say it was 04, 05, 06, around that time frame. But yeah, they were given like $2,000 to everyone that you referred who joined the army. They did? Yeah. Like, it was like this weird, it, was, it wasn't for a very long time, but it, yeah, it was like $2,000. Like if, if I was in the army and I, and I was like, Hey, Teresa, you want to join the army? You're like, yeah, sure. And I would take you to a recruiter and you joined and finished all your training. I got $2,000. That's. Well, yeah, <laughs> that was cool. But you know what it was doing? It was, it was obviously creating a problem <laughs> because yeah, there was a lot of, yeah, there was a lot of, uh, nefarious activities going down in that but no i wish i just wish like people in this country and i don't care man just serve just go do something do something for the country you don't even have to join the military just do something for your community public well, service something on the hill because i was like oh okay i'm working as a journalist at the bbc following people's lives and like following gun shootings at schools and stuff but i was like at the end of the day the people who are going to make things happen are born position or voted in position to make a change and so i worked on the hill and then long story short working at the pentagon was like a full circle moment for me because i was like oh i grew up in a military family my my dad was in the military for 22 years and so mm-hmm. my country was was in my blood and yeah. it's one thing that makes me happy what's your dad doing now where's he at Funny. He's still in telecom. So he was in single core. He worked at Fort Gordon and then he joined Sprint, which became T-Mobile. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. T-Mobile. Yeah. yeah. I can't explain it to you. Like it's, it's <laughs> tough and I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> you like been doing it for 20 plus years since 2001. Okay. So he's still in Georgia. Yeah. That's cool. I feel like I need to talk to your dad. Dad's got some cool stories, probably. My favorite picture of my dad is when he's at Benning, like doing training. He's got like a rifle in his hand. He's like yelling at guys like, 
on, get on here. Was he a drill sergeant? <laughs> was he a drill sergeant too? He started on infantry. He started out okay, yeah. So I was a drill sergeant at Fort Benning, but I was not infantry, so I only trained the mixed <clears throat> MOSs. So no, no, that's why I was curious. Like you said it signal. I wonder if he was a drill sergeant, but no. So he was infantry first. Cool. Started out infantry and then he went to OCS at Fort Benning. Commissioned. Unbelievable. <laughs> and I was born in Korea. Korea? I, I was born at Yongsan. What? You're a foreigner. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did it. I did an annual training in Korea. My first annual training was before the invasion and we went to an Iraq. I went to Korea. Camp Casey in December of 2002. I remember going down to uh, the, the CQ desk and the high for the next day was negative eight. Mm. And there was like three <laughs> feet of snow on the ground. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Well, the funny thing about that though, is like, so my grandfather, the one I talked about earlier who passed, he was in the Korean war. And I just remember like he was at, he, he had been in Camp Casey at some point too. So I was just like, oh, this is cool. I'm like walking in my grandfather's footsteps. But I just remember like I was there in December for three weeks. And I was like, this is fucking awful. It's so goddamn cold. There's snow everywhere. It, I'm just like, fuck, I hate this. Why, why, why would anyone want to do this? And then I just remember getting back and talking to my grandfather. And so the more I learned about my grandfather, like he was in uh what they called like the frozen chosen, like at the chosen reservoir, right? Where they were fighting the fucking Chinese where it was negative temperatures. And I'm like, damn, I feel like a dick. Like I didn't, I didn't do shit. I'm complaining about how cold it is. Meanwhile, my grandfather, you know, I've had, I got a ton of great stories from him. Like, but yeah, I was like, man, this dude was in that. And I'm here complaining about, I don't know, sitting in my barracks cause it's cold. <laughs> you know, it's, oh God. It's, it, yeah. It cracks me up. Um, yeah, that sucked, man. Cause he would like tell me all of his cool stories and he'd be like, yo, are you, Eric, what? He didn't say yo. My grandfather probably never said the word yo, but he, <laughs> he definitely asked, well, you know, every time like, Hey, what was Iraq like? What was Afghanistan? Like, what was Jordan? All these countries, what was it like? And I'm just like, man, I don't have any cool stories to tell you that match yours. Like dude's, <laughs> dude's first night in country, like 17 years old, right? Lied about his age to get to the military. 17 years old. He gets put up on the, the, uh, it was either 50 cal or whatever machine gun they had at the time overlooking their, their ECP, the entry control point in somewhere in, in, in Korea. And they were overrun that night, like their first night they were overrun. And so he's up on the, the machine gun man and that survives. Obviously they get through that. And I'm just like, yeah, don't got anything like that to tell you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Just here. <laughs> Stories just aren't as cool as they were back then, you know? Yeah, yeah. Unless you're Joe Kent, which I don't have any Joe Kent stories, so. Well, here we are at a point in our country where we're like, okay, what's going to motivate the American people besides social media and regular, I mean. God, I just, I just want Joe to like inspire all the other people like him to get off their ass and fucking go do something. Because the one thing I hate about social media is it's just like it's a, um, on both sides. It's just nothing but people complaining about shit. It's like, yeah. if y'all hate it that much, man, get off your fucking ass and go do something. I'm just not in a position to do any of that yet. But just like, seriously, go fucking go do something. Go run. Go be the change that you are so goddamn adamant and loud about on social media. Like, it's a, 
Oh, it's so cool. Oh, look at me. I just tweeted my thoughts. Yeah, you put your phone down. Then what? What do you do? You just wait to see your fucking replies and likes. No, why don't you get off your ass and go fucking run? Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought about it. What are you waiting for, <laughs> Teresa? Get off your ass and run. You're in Texas now. You can't not be elected. You're in the right state. Let's the, go. The congressman from my hometown is running for secretary of state of Georgia. And I was like, oh, maybe I should run for his seat. Maybe you should. What are you waiting on? I don't know. I don't know. It's tough, but politics is tough these days. Was yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. All right. So that's, is that a, is that a Republican district? Very Republican. district. Okay. Let's check this out. Republican female. Your, your credentials. Asian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That your credentials. Age. What was it? Is it half Asian? Half Asian. Yeah. My okay. mom. So, whatever enough like it, it you got enough of the look half asian so you could play the you know let's just be honest it's politics you can play the minority card right and then good looking articulate can convey all the talking points and then also you know why not you guys out here in just texas yeah, but that's just Texas. It doesn't matter. It's already done. It's already decided. It, it, it's not worth it. We need to hold the states that we're losing or win those back. You're in Texas. Yeah, I need you to hold Texas because we already discussed the issues, but yeah. I don't know. How don't long I, do you have to how long do you have to live in some place before you can run? Do you know? Or run? Yeah, like I'm telling you, same thing we talked about earlier. I can get a great house in Texas for the same price that I can get a shack. In DC and New York and all that, like or California, or California. Mm -hmm. I will say, for the money that we're putting in Texas, we're gonna get five thousand square feet versus the same amount of money gets us a one-bedroom condo in DC. <laughs> no, I know, and that's why I it, it it irks me. Like every day, Maddie, like she wakes up and goes on her little fucking real estate sites, and she sends me stuff. I'm like. I come from Florida. <laughs> Publix. Publix. God, wow. no. I will not spend $700,000 on 1,200 square feet. I don't care if it's got a nice open floor plan. It's the size of this living room I'm in right now. <laughs> Hate it. I, I swear. I, God, I got to get out of here. I just want to take the scenery and everything I can do in California and the weather with me. That's that's the only thing. I'm... I am all about the weather and I feel like Texas definitely, I mean, it's fucking 97 degrees right now. And I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. Hold on. We're in the heat. We're in the heat wave. What do we got today? Okay. It's 90 today. Yesterday was 104, but we're at 90 today. So it's not going to get better than that. No. So my thing, my long-term thing is like, look, I've always toyed with the idea of getting into politics. It'd be great. I just don't think my personal story is good enough. Um, I didn't, I didn't do enough of the stuff like, yeah, I can sit there and play the combat vet card, but I don't, I don't think I did enough to, to, to really live up to that. I'm no Joe Kent. Let's put it that way. But my passion is in uh, honestly, I just want to make bourbon. That's all I want to do. I want to just get out and just go do my distillery in some fucking Western state, probably Idaho and, and be left alone on property and just build and make a great tasting product. That's it. That's all I want to do. Or be I, president. It's one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to be Congress. We're very much in line with that. We'll 
go in with the bourbon thing with you. All right. I'm going to pencil you down. Let me write this down. So these two, the Davises. Wait, what's your, what's your soon to be husband's name? Put the Morgan Stearns on top of Morgan Stearns. It's very, it's very, it's very official. We will go in on the uh, bourbon thing. All right. So we have some investors. Uh, I'm going to actually meet with the guy in Vegas in a few weeks. Um, but anyway, no, it is it, it, the long, like, unlike Republicans in this country, I'm planning a long-term plan. All right. I'm 40 by 50, by 55. Yo, we're going to be killing it hopefully. And so you're 30. So it would be 45 for you. So you'll be. My fiance is about to turn 39 and like, a month. Okay. But, so yeah, him, him and I are on the, we're, yeah, we're in the same trajectory. He, he, he's very, yeah, you should have him on your show. No, that's fine. I'll hit you up after this. We'll do that. Um, but no, like, look, this bourbon thing, it's going to happen. We're going to make this happen. And I know enough people at this point, I think we can invest and we can get this done. It, it's there's, there's never been someone I've seen or known or researched that loses money when it comes to that industry. It's just not possible. No. Not, not in the climate of which the bourbon market is. So there's today. one thing that we've learned since we moved to Texas has been like the land, the real estate industry. Like buy land in Texas and reap the benefits. I think that's kind of a. Can I see your cat? Do you, is are they there? He's right here. Come on. Oh, he sounds so adorable. You're gonna. Oh. <laughs> Oh, he's so look at this dude. What's his name? Otis. Otis? Yeah. Uh, POTUS or Otis? POTUS. Like oh, he is the president of the United States. What's up, buddy? Oh, he's adorable. I wish fucking Gata was running around here. I'd grab her. Oh, he's so cute. How old is he? Six. He's six? Oh wow. He's such a handsome man. Look at that dude. Is he yours or was he your husband's? Mine. <laughs> oh, he's of course cat lady. I get it. No. <laughs> How is he? What, what's his temperament like? Is he like super, hey, give me whatever the fuck I want? Or is he also kind of like very affectionate? Very needy and very affectionate. That seems to be the standard for the cat. So <clears throat> yeah. The cat we got running around here, the one that clawed my ear and led to a fucking bloodbath this morning while I was sleeping, <laughs> um, that cat will never, never, never cuddle with me, ever. Like, she'll let me pet her. She'll let me pick her up, all those things. But Maddie, like, rescued her from the clink a few years ago. So that's, like, that's her cat. Like, she'll always climb up, and she'll just lay and chill and, and, and do whatever with her. But now that Maddie's gone... For the last few days, because I told you she's she's doing hot girl summer wherever the fuck she's at in Palm Springs. Now the cat wants to come cuddle with me, and it's just like, oh, oh, I know how this is gonna go in a few days when your mom gets back. You ain't fooling me. So You're the not. cat is best friend today. What's that? The cat is your best friend today. Oh, 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 yeah. I, I'm just like she's never seen a human before in her life. I don't even know why I'm surprised she's not out. Usually every, well, we started early. Usually when I do these, like the fucking cat just runs around nonstop and the, the fucking ferret, which is another issue. Um, yeah. So there's all kinds of no ferrets. <laughs> yeah. So my brother and I grew up with a ferret and then I got this one for my daughter like three years ago. My daughter's not here at the moment anymore. Cause she's back with her mom in Illinois at the moment. 
but I still have the ferret. So yeah, now the ferret and the cat are best friends, but the Ow. ferret, the ferret is in charge of that relationship. It's pretty funny. Like the cat always wants to be like, yo, yo, let my skibbity pap you and shit like that. And the ferret's like, bitch, I will bite the fuck out of your leg. And the, and <laughs> <laughs> the fair, cause you know, ferrets are part of the weasel family and they're ultimately related to Wolverine. Like they have no fear throughout that, that DNA strain. Like they're fucking fearless, no matter how undersized they are. Like this ferret is probably like all of a pound and a half. And the cat's probably 12 ferret runs that fucking thing doesn't that is not scared one bit of that cat it's great this is my life Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> i i don't hear it i don't hear it. <laughs> welcome uh if you if you and the soon-to-be husband are ever in napa hit us up we'll take care of you and you can see oh, the yeah. ferret and the cat <laughs> that's actually part of the reason why you moved to texas because we were like oh we can go to napa we can go to mexico like yeah i'm tomorrow so oh yeah no that is true yeah if you guys come out to napa definitely hit us up and uh we'll take care of you um so i guess this is it we're gonna wrap this shit up uh i had something to say and i forgot it that's a good sign of the fact that i've probably had too much and i have this 2.28 pound holstein cow prime ribeye to go cook now after this What's it been like in Texas though? Like, do you, do, are you get? is there like this, is there so much beef that you don't know what to do with when you go to the grocery stores or what? Like, so, you know, we found in Fresco, at least where we are at, there's sushi on every corner. <laughs> <laughs> They're literally random. Sushi and like whatever American steak, whatever that is. Yeah. Sushi though. Interesting. Cause I mean, I mean, you're not far from the Pacific Ocean, but you're not close. So people have been like, oh, so if you want sushi in any of these sushi restaurants within your vicinity, do it on a Saturday and not like on a Wednesday sort of thing. Like your sushi shipments are Friday or whatever. So they're like, oh, okay. Sushi's fine, but like you have to do it on a certain day. So I'm like, that makes sense because that's when the shipments are. So, like <laughs> in Frisco, Texas, like of course there is sushi on every corner. That's fine, but like of course I have to make an effort to make it good. I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> are you a big sushi fan? Is that what it is? I do like sushi. Yeah. I do like Mexican. I do like Tex-Mex and. There's some of that so, so you're half Asian. What's the other half? My dad is half Chilean. Oh, do you speak Spanish? A little bit. I have a degree. Oh, right. in- you have a degree in Spanish and you only speak a little bit. So you didn't learn anything. Did you? No, I'm just <laughs> and I grew up in Orlando. I speak a little bit of Spanish too, but it's that Puerto <laughs> Rican Spanish. It's not like actual Spanish. Tell you, secret is. My family is a Disney Vacation Club member. What? Damn. Wow. You guys really are Spanish speakers. We're like Floridians without the. Yeah, but see, I'm at this point in my life where I have no desire to go back to Florida. Why? There's probably. I I don't. I like A, I don't miss hurricanes. B, I don't miss humidity. And C, honestly, I love the West Coast time zone. 
like oh pacific time yeah like i i'm i'm a first of all i'm a bears fan when it comes to football right and i like the fact that when i get up during football season my team's on at 10 in the morning chicago bears the chicago bears and i can be hammered by the time that game ends at like 1 one thirty, I can go take a nap. I can get up at like three and I got the rest of the day. You can't do that shit in the fucking East coast. Like I hate the Easter, the East coast time zone sucks. I don't want to go to DC for that simple fact right there. I don't want to be in that time zone. Now you're fine. You're in the central, you're getting there. But get- when you get on this West coast time zone life, what? I'm telling you, Easy. it's so good. You can't beat this. You really can't. It's eight o'clock and all of your nemesis are asleep because it's like 11 o'clock on the East Coast and you're just like, time to live my best life right here. I'll be drinking, smoking cigars, chilling. I got three more hours on my enemies. I will say the one thing about Texas I love is the sunsets. Like, I'm like, everyone's like, oh, Texas is so flat. I'm like, but it's so flat. You see some fucking awesome sunsets. Like, it's purple, it's pink, it's yellow, like... Oh my goodness. This is, this is, uh, her name is Dottie. I call her Chonk. I call her Gata. Um, I don't ever call her name because she was named before I met her. And I think Dottie is the worst name you can name anything. Chill as fuck. She, she's cool. Uh, but she did, she did claw my ear this morning. Look at her. She's like, I fucking hate these people. Just let me down and I will kill all of you. (laughs) Dottie, look, it's Teresa. She's an ally. Okay. Do not hurt her. Okay. Okay. All right. And that's how it goes. Just like that. (laughs) I fed, I fed my cat. I was like, I'm going to be on this zoom call. I'm going to give you a bunch of wet food. So you can (laughs) fuck out. She doesn't eat any of that shit. She's so she's been put on this like satiating food diet that keeps her fuller longer. Cause she's kind of a chump. Um, (laughs) <laughs> now she won't eat anything else. Like the, the store that we bought it from ran out of it for a month. And so we had to get something else and she would literally just look at it. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You want me to, all right, I will, but I don't like it. <laughs> and then as soon as we got the the food back that she likes is it's, it's, it's crazy, but no. Yeah. But she hates everything. She hates wet food. She hates every snack. She just wants that food. She's fucking very fickle. I don't, I don't like it. I don't, it's not my choice. It's not my cat. Fickle is better than the uh, too nonchalant by dogs. Fucking ferret will eat anything I give it. It's a fucking carnivore. She's yeah. like, oh, cool. I'll, I'll eat that fucking cat if you cook it right. <laughs> <laughs> Which honestly, I tell Maddie as a joke all the time. She's always like, no, why would you do? I'm like, yo, I can grill. You give me that cat. <laughs> I would chop that thing up. Um, I did have dog. Have you ever had dog? No. So a lot of the people I met Pentagon was like, oh, okay, you met you were a young son, whatever. Did you eat Kogi? Uh, like Kogi, uh, whatever. Yeah. The dog meat. And I'm like, don't even fucking say it. Like, no, I've been to Korean barbecue, carby and bakogi is like my favorite thing. Do not fucking tell me like dog meat is better like i'm not gonna be on board with that <laughs> i wouldn't say it's better but i did try it you did try it i did when i was in korea 
I tried it. It didn't taste anything different than anything else. Cause it's like every street cart you went to had like. Kogia. Yeah. They had a Kegogi, I think. I, I think it's. Anyway. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, like it, it, it didn't taste any different than anything else I ate that night. Um, I tried it. Uh, no, I, I probably wouldn't do it again because I've already tried it. But it's weird because you go along like this was pre-COVID, but you would go along that water area that I was telling you about. You walk along it in San Francisco and there's, there's, there's like all these random activist areas and they're all, you know, they have their own whatever it is they're they're advocating for and then there was always this one like stop the dog trade in china or in <laughs> asia thing and i was just saying oh it's admirable but they were so graphic with the pictures they would post like they would post the worst shit they would post pictures of like pots with boiling water and then dunking dogs in it and it's just like what the fuck how can you how can you not like, yo, take all of my money to stop this? Like, it's just, like they're, they're very good at the sensationalizing of it, but it's, it's pretty rough. Like it sucks, but yeah, I did. I ate it. I have a dog. I do. <clears throat> yeah. I don't have a dog. I, I refuse to have a dog in an apartment. I don't think it's right. I think you need to have like 10 acres in order to have dogs. Cause they need to fucking run and go do shit and can't do that here. So we have yep. a cat and a ferret instead. Cause they don't, they just chill. I'm the same way. I have a cat. He's a good guy. <laughs> good I mean, in Texas, you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to buy like a house. And someone's like, oh, you should pay like 1.5 for a condo. And I'm like, why would you pay that much money for a condo in Texas? So fucking dumb. God, like the types of people who are okay with that, just know that they should be your biggest targets in a crisis when this shit goes and hits the fan in this country. Be like, Hey, Oh, guess what? John bought a condo for 1.5 million. You know what we're going to do? We're going to raid John's condo. Cause that fucker ain't got nothing. That's going to stop us. Like that's the dumbest thing I could ever think of. It really is for a condo. You're paying for a, a, no. So what are you and your girl going to come out to DC, I mean, to Texas? I, I mean, tried to get her to go visit Austin because I was like, all right, well, maybe she'll visit Austin. Nope, didn't want to do that. So, um, but if 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 you'll host us, we'll come visit Frisco. Oh, absolutely! Thirty minutes north of Dallas, they'll be fine. All right, I'm gonna text her now. Here we go, babe. Babe, we five thousand square feet in Frisco for. A good amount of money. We are visiting Frisco. Oh, it corrected me to Fresco. And can, can my fiance join this conversation right now? Yeah, bring him in. Because uh, apparently you want me to do, uh, we're, we're going to talk to him next week or soon. Fiance, come on. 90 day fiance, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, buddy? Oh, man. How are, How are you? you? Not bad. What are you drinking? Uh, right now we've got a little Elijah Craig toasted barrel. Beautiful. Are you a bourbon guy? I love bourbon. Did you drink all of that in this podcast? Uh, <laughs> close, but no, not all, that, not all that. We're only at, we're, we're, we're approaching three hours. No, I didn't get all of this, but most of it, um, most of the stuff I usually take a dent in is behind me. So your, uh, soon to be wife tells me you were a stand-up comedian. <laughs> I was. I dabbled. 
I don't want to hear anything about it until we get you on the podcast in the next few weeks. Nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. You got to dust off, dust off some stories from that time. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> were you, were, were you making money on this or were you just doing it to just kill time? Like, was that your goal? You wanted to be a comedian? It wasn't my main job. I was practicing <laughs> law, representing clients. And uh, I didn't want to. Did, yeah, she did say you were a lawyer. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. I'm so difficult. <laughs> Good deal. Well, yeah. So uh, hopefully, I don't know what you're doing next week, but if you want to hop on with me, we can always do it because I don't have anybody lined up yet. Oh, sounds like <laughs> Happy to be your backup plan. I think the name oh, There Will Be Bourbon is the best name yeah, for a podcast. Yeah. It's, it's pretty tempting. Uh, that sounds great. There it is. All right. So look, uh, we just secured our guest for next week. It is Teresa Davis's future husband. He's definitely <laughs> marrying up. So that's a good thing. I appreciate him. That's what kings do. They marry up. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's what we do. Look. Uh, when I finally convinced Maddie to, to, to spend the rest of her life with me, trust me, I'm way out of my pay grade on this. <laughs> so it's nothing wrong with that. That's what you're supposed to do. Go up, keep, it's always about, it's all about upward movement, right? Mobility. Coverage, baby. Help kick it. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I'll kick the coverage. Clay Travis. What up, bro? Um, all right. So Teresa, I appreciate you spending your entire, uh, what is it? Friday. <laughs> evening slash afternoon with me and uh and consuming some not real champagne but you know it's corbell it's whatever it's got alcohol in it no <laughs> well, the next time yeah so if you're out there uh, please on the youtube version of course please like subscribe share all this do all those great things with your friends uh write reviews if you're on apple spotify iHeartRadio, radio all those great things pandora i think it's on there now do the same thing like share subscribe send it to your friends Teresa, is there anything at this moment in time that you would like to promote because uh. <laughs> you're you're not a very big twitter person so i don't know if they want them to follow you on twitter i was gonna say like be yourself be an american be a good person and just believe what you want to believe all right. That's the right answer right there. Uh, team America. <laughs> team and Teresa. Also, uh, hold on. Wait, hold on. Uh -oh. Move to Texas. Move oh yeah. To move to Texas. But <laughs> when you move to Texas, do not vote like you're coming from the state you left. If yeah, you vote exactly. left. Don't be a move to Texas and I'll vote blue. Move to Texas and believe in things that Texas provides. <laughs> Or if that's what you're going to do and you see the opportunity to move to California, please move to California and, and vote red. Let's take this bitch back. Let's take this bitch back. Go with that. Go with that. <laughs> All well, right. We're going to do this again. Yeah. yeah you're, welcome. you're welcome anytime. We'll get the fiance on next. So we'll, we'll, we'll drink some bourbon. We'll do all kinds of crazy shit. And uh, we will come visit you in Frisco. Please come visit us in Napa. We'll do some crazy shit there. It's going down. All right. There will be bourbon. We're done.